For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. I won't dwell much on that story because you just mentioned it with Rory, but it's the front of the echo today. Listen to the fans with the county board. It was originally a motion by the councillor Bernard Moynihan, where the county council will uh, support the motion. I'm going to write to the county board now asking for one cash entrance to be maintained at all GAA games. Uh, you know, we need to be very, very careful because I think, you know, cash still has a very relevant use in society these days. Uh, how you spend it is your own business, but don't be caught by online scams. And there's a particularly nasty one going around at the moment and the echo pick up on it. We have been receiving emails and texts on it. I touched on it last week, uh, but apparently people are being caught and they are handing over their credit card details and it involves Corks Red FM, unfortunately, particularly Kira Revens. I'll come back to that story in, in, a, in a while. I hope that Kira might be able to pop in for a few minutes. Obviously, it's fake social media pages uh, that use her her image and use other images. You see it all over the country. People are just plagued by it. Uh, play, I know, you know, Mary McCallaghan had all sorts of problems and then all sorts of grief trying to get Facebook to sort it all out for her. Uh, but it's a story that makes the echo today. In fact, Kira says the, the Facebook method of reporting uh, scams like this aren't great. She says you report that someone is pretending to be you and they say they'll review it but nothing subsequently happens. So, uh, like, there, is, there isn't a day goes by that you don't hear of different scams. Even yesterday I was talking about two or three other ones. But this is particularly nasty because it, it's, it's very much localised. Um, and uh, I think uh, people have been caught and have been giving over their credit card details. Um, the issue then with regards to other aspects of money, uh, more to do with uh, the cost of living, is that Electric Ireland have now decided to re- reduce their power bills for businesses but not for hard-up householders. So it's uh, one rule for businesses and no rule at all, or another rule entirely, uh, for the uh, you know for personal users and uh, homes and what have you. So it also actually interesting at the same time when TDs are getting another wage boost. They're getting an extra two grand from tomorrow to take their basic salary to 107 without expenses. And expenses are fairly, fairly high with regards to TDs and senators and ministers and what have you. And they're higher than further you live away from the Dáil and the Shannon. Um, but tomorrow being the first day of March, they'll, they'll say, oh, it all has to do with the public sector agreement and we get the same kind of rises as everybody else in the civil service. And that's usually the fallback position that they take. Um, you know, this issue, um, I imagine that these have to be bought online, these cannabis jellies. I, I don't know, and I'm open to correction, can you go into any kind of a shop and buy cannabis jellies across the counter? But unfortunately, kids are eating them because they look like jellies, they taste like jellies, and they come in packages that look like jellies. But unfortunately, children um, younger than 10 and under um, are eating these. And they're, they're described as 10 times stronger than inhaling the cannabis drug itself as a, a, an infused jelly sweet. And there's a story making the mirror this morning that talks about three children who ate these cannabis-infused jellies um, getting very, very sick, apparently. They're called, one of the products is called Runts. Runts. And unfortunately, like there's a 30-minute delay time between consumption of the cannabis edibles until the initial effects kick in. But after that, then, it poses a very serious risk to those who have eaten them. You know the way kids are. They wouldn't be inclined to just eat the one or two. So it really is very worrying, isn't it? Uh, And then uh, issues involving um, attacking our uh, emergency services or anybody involved in frontline. So that would be guardy, nurses, emergency workers, paramedics, people like that. Um, Simon Harris says that these kind of thugs who attack the guards or nurses or any kind of emergency worker 
could actually get jailed for up to 12 years under new legislation being introduced. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if it actually was that? As opposed to saying, oh, it's there on the statute books and never be used. Uh, but other health-related stories. Uh, oh, in English, um, has uh, the 20th anniversary, pretty much, since the CUH lost its helipad. And he says in the examiner this morning, um, it was originally taken out and decommissioned to make way for a new emergency department. And that was all very well, I suppose, as a temporary thing. But I don't think anybody ever thought that 20 years later they still wouldn't have a helipad. And the helipad is needed, of course, not for dignitaries or anything like that to fly in for, you know, a a visit, but for emergency landings. So I don't actually know where the emergency landings have been happening uh, at CUH. Uh, Is it a case that it would have to happen at Cork Airport and and an ambulance then has been taking people across town to the CUH, but um, 20 years later that's something that needs to be sorted you know, I was telling you yesterday of the uh, burglars who broke into uh, this uh, family home up in Kilfinnan County Tipperary they were robbing the home, but they took the two dogs the two family pets, both of them 10 year old dogs, beautiful dogs, photographs in the papers yesterday, they took them out of the house and they drowned them in a barrel of water. I mean, it was one of the most horrific stories I've heard in a long, long time. And there was a huge pushback, and people were raging about it in the online editions of the papers yesterday, that anybody could be so cruel. And, you know, even if... And there is no need to do something like, what has this got to do with robbing a house? Do you know what I mean? You know, deciding, oh, and by the way, we're going to drown your two pets as well. Uh, I mentioned it again this morning because the star carries the story of, um, uh, they say, a grandfather who's been spared jail because he failed to control his unmuzzled Staffordshire Bull Terrier, which then ripped the whole side off a swan nesting in the Royal Canal. Um, Now, he pleaded guilty yesterday under the Animal Welfare Act, and I suppose there'll be some sort of a fine, yeah, €500, after the leash snapped off, or at least that's what was said, the leash snapped off. Um, God Almighty, it could have been a child in a buggy, it could have been anybody. Uh, Sadly, it was a a poor defenceless swan. Um, And, you know, it's awful because the photograph of the swan and the damage done makes the papers today have you ever thought, you know the amount of pubs all over the country that have been closing over the course of the last few years, pubs, particularly rural Ireland, they're just closing and you know parking it, sometimes for a long long time, most of those empty pubs are now being converted to homes and houses, particularly in rural towns and the star break it down across the country this morning with regards to the boozers that have become houses that kind of still look like pubs. I think that's very quirky, though. I think that's fabulous. It gives a real individual style. Do you know what I mean? I see it in Cork, actually, with pubs that have now closed down, and some of them have changed into 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 restaurants, but others, of course, have changed into homes. Um, and then, of course, with regards to places to sleep, not necessarily homes, but hotel rooms, <laughs> there's loads in the papers. Um, Dublin's pretty much booked out now for the St. Patrick's uh, Day weekend. But bizarrely, you can get a hostel bunk bed uh, for two nights over the St. Patrick's weekend for €1,800 Euro for the two nights. 1800 This is a hostel bunk bed. Upper bunk, lower bunk, I do not know. But it is absolutely insane. Now, I know that's the way it works a lot of the time with search engines like Booking.com. Maybe if you rang the hostel, you might get a better rate. I have no idea. But they talk about other hotels in the papers today across the um, St. Patrick's weekend, like... 
on the Friday night, it's eight hundred euro to stay in the in the in the Herbert Park. But the Friday before it, it's one hundred and ninety one. So eight hundred on the bank holiday weekend, one hundred and ninety one euro on the weekend before. I'm sure we could maybe get some kind of comparisons to to Cork, but nothing will be like the Dublin parade, for instance. And then they got another one then uh, on the Friday and the Saturday night of the St Patrick's weekend in Dublin, eighteen hundred. Two nights the previous weekend, four hundred and ninety. Euro, insanely out in Carton House, which is very posh, out in Maynooth, uh, two nights for the Friday and Saturday of the uh, St Patrick's weekend. Two nights, seven grand, but to be precise, seven thousand and seventy for two nights at Carton House, and two nights the previous weekend. Take off a zero off that seven hundred and forty. An insane difference. Um, I see Alan Partridge has got himself his uh, Irish passport. He's entitled to it. Um, and many people in the UK with Irish lineage and heritage, of course, have been. I mean, we, we apparently we printed hundreds of thousands of passports in the last couple of years since Brexit and the mess of Brexit. So Alan Partridge has got his, Steve Coogan. Um, he, the reason being that he has, of course, family from Ireland with a name like Coogan. You could understand why his mother is from County Galway. And he is, is it Galway? Yeah, County Mayo, my apologies, County Mayo. But he, he is a big fan of Ireland, of course, um, with a name like Coogan. Uh, and you may recall uh, some years back that very funny, very, very funny clip where Alan Partridge meets a Sligo farmer um, who turned into an Alan Partridge uh, impersonator. I hope you can follow that. It was a very funny clip. Have an aged. Now, normally you're a farmer in the west of Ireland. I am. Okay. And uh, how long have you been an Alan impersonator? Since a week Thursday. Since a week Thursday. That's all we've got time no, for we couldn't tonight. let you go without a little song. Okay? No. Thank you anyway. Come out, Come out your black and tan. Come and fight me like a man. Show your wife how you want medals down in Flanders. Tell her how the IRA made you run like Galloway. When the green and lovely lanes of Kilachandra. But every man should stand behind the men, behind the wire. Come on, Simon! Our cars and tanks and guns came to take away our sons. But every man should stand behind the men, behind the wire. Ah, that was grand, that. Yeah, that. Mighty. Yeah. Oh, my God, that was like an anthem for the IRA. Actually, what it was was very, very shocking on British television, I think, for something like that to air, but it did. And now he has the treasured possession of an Irish passport. You talk about comedy, actually. It's 25 years since the giant of Irish comedy, Dermot Morgan, passed away. He didn't even make the age of 50, the father Ted Genus. And there's lovely trivias to him making all of the papers today with a double-page spread in the mirror this morning. 25 years since Dermot Morgan passed away and there's a load of detail with some great photographs reliving his career. He was also a great satirist and stand-up comedian and he was just multi-multi-talented. Then this very interesting story making the English Times this morning. This is a bookshop over in Kent that's fallen on hard times um, and posted up online about the rising cost of trying to keep the business going. They're saying winter is killing us. It's so quiet we need to make 800 euro by pounds by Tuesday to pay our bills. And a load of people uh, came to their aid. I was thinking, imagine if that rolled out even more with struggling businesses who had to reach out 
uh, to customers or fans to pay their bills, their energy and heating. But it's a good ending for a bookshop who fell on hard times. Meanwhile, um, and of course, this is more Dublin related, but I think we've all heard of McCullough Pickets. I thought it was quite sad, actually. They're closing. The Irish Times says... 200 years in business, 200 years people have been going there, primarily in the very early days to buy sheet music. You know, take it home and play the hits of the day over the past couple hundred years on your piano or whatever musical instrument or fiddle, whatever the case may be. And then they got into musical instruments and things like that. Uh, but now they're closing. I suppose Thoman out of Germany probably took a lot of the wind out of their sail and a lot of online uh, musical equipment is being sold by big, huge international companies now. But they opened in 1823, so 200 years later. I thought that was sad. If you're into ghosts and spirits and apparitions, there are a lot of ghost hunters in, in Ireland. And, uh, you know, they go out regularly into places that are supposedly haunted. Uh, haunted. There's an amazing one this morning where they were hunted themselves by the, by the spirit of Michael the Archangel um, and also a ghost. Now, I don't see any photograph in the papers of um, Michael the Archangel, but certainly um, they captured what looks like, it's kind of like a white mist. It, it's like, it looks like a ghost. If the ghost, say for instance, was wearing a white sheet over them, um, but it looks like a white mist standing and enveloping behind one of the ghost hunters. It's fairly spooky stuff. And it's out of a place called the Bloody Chapel at Leap Castle in County Offaly. Anybody been there, lads? If you have, I'd love to hear from you. And for those of you that like to manifest things into your life, right? There was a story there recently in the papers where um, there's a new one called Lucky Girl Syndrome. It's a new movement that's gone viral on the old TikTok. And all you have to do for good fortune uh, to come your way is to truly believe that it will, as in the power of positive thinking. You know the term, giving it up to the universe, by all accounts. Um, You need to, and with lucky girl syndrome, I don't know if there's a lucky boy equivalent, all you have to do is believe that you are the luckiest girl in the world. And everything you want is already on the way to you. And the universe is rigged in your favor. Um, Those who advocate on behalf of it say, it's simple. Keep a gratitude journal and write affirmations to yourself every single day. This then will naturally train your brain to gravitate towards consistently positive thoughts and in turn, everything that you wish for will therefore fall into your lap. I was interested to see, um, though, a scientist be the name of David Robert Grimes um, who said that this is not true. But he, he, said, he said... The universe doesn't particularly care. <laughs> I was going to say, you lost me a gratitude journal, to be honest. Once I got that, I was kind of on board up to that point and then there, started there writing true. positive affirmations. Well, and you, were, you were on the air on this program two or three weeks ago when I was talking to people on air who actually every day write in their gratitude journal. Other people who were on the air two weeks ago who would not get out of the bed or start their day without coming up with five reasons that they're lucky to be alive and See, give thanks. I think... Okay, I, I mean, that's a, that's a good thing. I do believe in the idea of, not that the universe is going to swing towards you, but if you're generally a positive person, if you have generally an outlook on life, you're more likely to take new challenges on. You're more likely to go for things that you might feel uncomfortable with. And therefore, I think that 
kind of lends itself to things working out for you because if you've generally most things can be overcome with a bit of hard work and a bit of kind of you know positive attitude oh, listen, so like you know, sitting back and having powerful positive thoughts and doing nothing is it's not going to work yeah. like, I mean that's just I think I think people conflate the two way. it's not the idea you that because you're hard. you yeah. have to have luck you have to have talent you got all sorts of stuff yeah but, but the idea is that is with, with positivity you're more likely to actually put yourself out for things which means that you know what you, they always say what you put into something is what you get out of it which is absolutely the case when it comes to pretty much everything what you actually put into it is what you're going to get out of it a lot of the time unfortunately a lot of those that are pushing this narrative and, and you know power positive thinking is right and you need to have try and accentuate the positive as best you can in life and look because otherwise you've got a really miserable life but a lot of people who are pushing this have skin in the game there's money behind it there's usually books or Instagrams you've got to follow them uh, or they're looking for followers so that they can make more money in this social media world it's a vicious circle a lot of the time because the downside to it is if you spend years trying to be positive and giving it up for the universe and hoping for everything to come into it and it doesn't you could get very depressed absolutely well I find it really funny that the section you know the, the self-help Section. I mean, if it was self-help, you wouldn't be buying a book on somebody else telling you how to do your life, would you? I mean, well, it's a bit of a <laughs> people did, and I don't know how many millions. You can Google this. How many yeah. million copies of the book that was was it the early two thousands? The Secret. How many of that was sold Ooh, right across God, the world? There's no rush. Just, no. Just but, the, but I do think generally the uh, the idea that um, you know, like a lot of things really are are not that uh, difficult to solve. And the idea of toxic positivity is, well, I'm sure you've heard of it. There is such a thing as toxic positivity. What that? What that? Basically, toxic positivity is when you're so blindly forcing positivity onto things. So you know, it's like somebody kicks you in the shin, and you're like, "Oh, that was great. That wasn't as painful as I expected it to be." You know, this idea of what? Kind of ridiculous that far well like you know the, the people that are just they're just so ridiculously positive all the time they refuse to even accept that you people can be angry and, or and sad or there are other emotions than just and that's problem. important we need to experience that's, all of the emotions absolutely. including disappointment and reject I mean don't be that sounds a bit like Monty Python though oh could be worse only my arm yeah, yeah just you, remember that sketch oh, with, the, remember the, sketch with the knight yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah this is one arm two arms one yeah. leg two legs and then the <laughs> come back you yellow bellied <laughs> okay well we would bring it down to locker room values but anyway it's a good story it makes the papers there's more your thoughts on the power of positivity or indeed whether or not the universe is listening I'd love to hear from you text 0868104106 and very very finally you might have been listening to the programme last week when I spoke to talented youngsters in the Aileen Collins Academy in Blackpool do you remember they had won the opportunity to perform uh, in front of the live audience at Disneyland Paris and they did um, the performance actually was I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes of their interpretation with fabulous costumes of The Lion King. Well, they only did, went and, and, and blew it out of, the, out of the ballpark in Disneyland Paris. And there's some great photographs uh, of the, um, the performing arts school, the inside pages, colour photographs of the, uh, of the school and the performers in the Echo today in the inside page. Looks fabulous, a great colour shot. Well worth checking out online. Bunch of talented. And of course, this was all delayed because of COVID. So they got there last week and had a real blast of a time. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Courts Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Emerald Radio Awards 2022. 
you can pick up the phone on 0818104106 and get in touch um, let me get straight to the phone lines and I referenced this actually and we've been talking about it over the past few days Echoes picked up on the story this morning uh, we're never too far from the latest or the next scam and some of them can be quite convincing I, I, to be honest with you maybe because I'm dealing with them all of the time I don't see this as being convincing because I've been blue in the face telling people never ever ever give out your bank details for any reason in the wide earthly world but just a quick one on this Katie good morning Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, oh, this is the this is the Red FM one um, that involved Kira Evans, and and while you're telling us about it, Kira's actually in studio. Your mic is hot there. If you wanted to jump in, but tell t- tell me tell me your own situation, uh, Katie. You saw it online. What did you see? So I saw it online. I got a notification on my Facebook page saying that uh, Kira Evans has commented on a post that I tagged my friend in a year ago, and said I've been selected as one of the people for a competition. So followed the link on her page. So I went in and it looked legit, like knew nothing, went into the bio, liked and followed and kind of gave my name and number. And I was sitting at the kitchen table with my mom and the next part came up and it was like bank details. And I was like, this is very kind of strange. I said, like, why have they been looking for my bank details? So mom was like, oh, I don't know. So I looked at the, the post and I said, oh, I've received, it was like a screenshot of a bank saying, well, oh, thank you so much, Red FM, I've received my my thousand short into my bank. And I was like, mom, I don't know, is this real? So then I got on to you in the reception. Just, just, pa- like, just what, you know, when you said you've, what, you've been selected, what, what were you yeah. told you'd won? So I'd, I had had to enter another competition to win a thousand short. I was selected as one as 15 to win a thousand short with Red FM. Yeah, and when you saw other people, these kind of like endorsements from people who had already won or said, thank you so much, Red FM, I got the yeah. thousand euro on my bank account, that led you to believe that this might be... Um, might be, yeah. But you sounded to me as if you were suspicious. Did you give the bank details? No, 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 <laughs> no. I was with my mom and I was like, I think I'll ring Red FM and I was there and I'm going to New York on Saturday and I was like, oh, I can put the thousand euro into thousand dollars, this will be brilliant. Mm. And then I was kind of like, no, there was something kind of there. I believed it up until I saw the bank state, the bank details. I was like, why would I be giving my bank details? Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I'm just checking here because I did get a lot of people who actually did put in their bank details, and uh, I'm not so sure how much money was taken or how yeah. many, how many, how many people. But I know that reception here has been very, very busy with calls for the last. Kira, what is it like? The last morning was it like the last week, ten days. Longer? Yeah, it really kicked off last week. Uh, the first kind of report I got of it was about the 17th of February. That's the first time I reported one of the pages that that was imitating. 17th of February. Yeah. Eleven days ago. Eleven days ago, uh, and as far as I know, that page is still in existence along with four others. Yeah. 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 It just looks so real. I think you know they kind of have they have the page done so well and the link but it kind of just it kind of looks like a competition that you'd enter and everything and it just looks so legit yeah. <laughs> I think you, that's why people are falling for yeah you must have been relieved that you didn't put in the credit card details yeah I was like I'd have no money going to New York <laughs> yeah. if I did yeah oh my god what a great trip New York on Saturday first time no, no, it's um, we've been there a few times, but I'm on annual leave, so myself and mom are going on Saturday. Yeah. Like they technically could have cleaned out your bank account. They would have. I yeah, I would have been bumming off mom. 
Okay, well, I'm glad that didn't happen. You dodged a bullet there. Fair play to you. Thanks for taking the call. Look after yourself. Thanks. Enjoy New York. No Thanks, Katie. Thank you. Okay, Bye. so um, it's, uh, you, you, you obviously started talking about it on your own pages and also on, on Red FM and, and got onto Facebook, is it? Yeah, so like we've kind of got a number of kind of routes on it, I suppose, at this stage. Um, first thing you do is report it to Facebook and then they ask you, you know, is it impersonating somebody? And you say, yeah. And I was like, look, it's me that they're impersonating. Do you, that's, you're not physically talking to anybody you're just no you're putting in a like a this is their their standard for reporting pages impersonating people um and um then they say like if it's yourself or whatever and they say okay we got your report if it doesn't meet our community standards uh we'll take the page down did they uh, no they didn't no um and i've had ev- people i know i've asked them to report it anybody who messaged me i said look these are scam pages please report them and block it and you know don't give your details and thanks for sending the message um and they still persist um and they've it's some operation that they have like they've lifted photos from my Instagram it looks like this bot has been very clever like taking some of the captions that I've used on photos so I can see how when like, you say a bot you're saying there's no human involved in this is it? well I don't I don't believe that there is I don't I don't know the ins and outs of it um, but certainly whatever kind of system they're using these aren't even photos from my Facebook they're from my Instagram so and my personal accounts haven't been hacked because that's what people have been saying to me this is a, an impersonation Your identity's been page hacked, yeah my identity yeah. has yeah. been hacked but, but the people who are calling the the front desk have given out credit card details do we know how much they've been hit for I'm not sure how much they've been hit for I suppose it's just clearing out their, their bank accounts or whatever they've got their details and they're they're going through a system of taking their money which is absolutely appalling um, I've like made a conscious effort to try and get back to every single message I've got to say oh please please report this um, but it's gone too far for some people who've already taken and given their details yeah uh, that could be Revolut debit card credit card yeah they've asked them for their bank details and the site they take you to looks quite legit as well I've been sent screenshots of it as well so it's quite yeah. worrying I text here from Tina who had 50 euro taken from a Revolut uh, and I can check with reception and see if other people have been saying the amounts that they've been taken but it could be 50 it could be an awful lot more it could be I mean what's the max you can take from somebody online well, I suppose it, if you've given your bank details... You, limitless. Limitless, yeah. Yeah, if they're fast enough to do it. Exactly. Okay, and how do you feel about all of this? You must be very fed up. A, a, li- a little bit. Like, over the weekend, I was like, every time my phone beeped, I was like, oh no, uh, there's, there's another message I have to get back to. Obviously, I want to get back to everybody. How many of you think you have to get back to? Uh, I'd say over the weekend, it was at least probably... 30, 40 a day and it could have been across my Facebook, my Twitter and my Instagram and so like, and they go into requests and everything like that and people have taken the time and send the screenshots um, and it's just you want them to make others aware if it looks too good to be true then it probably is. But when they see other people saying thank you so much I got the money they make the, the, if, if you're anyway slightly gullible at all you think well it must be real yeah, look how other people are getting it. Another one here Alice says I gave the Red FM scammers my Revolut card but luckily I had no money in the account for them to take but they did try to take four Forty nine ninety nine. Isn't that interesting? It all seems to be under the fifty euro. My daughter set up my Revolut account, but there was no cash in it. I know of similar systems like this where they test it first. They see if they can take a certain amount, and then they go back and they start taking more. Like you know, so there might be an amount that you might know. Well, I wonder why they do that. I met somebody recently whose credit card in a restaurant in America. It was some kind of a dodgy move by the waiter and it only took a couple of seconds. They, 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 can, they can clone your card really quickly now. Yeah, uh, but he never noticed it until much later. But when he noticed it, um, the first transaction was for something like two or three dollars. Mm. And then the next one was an attempt to buy 
like a Hermes bag or something. Yeah, and they, I've heard of p- people being signed up for subscriptions and things like that. Like, you know, they've got a whole bank of details, these scammers, and they're using them and it, it's awful what's going on. And I just I hate the idea that, that this my name has been associated with it. You know, that somebody is down money now, that money has gone out of their account and they're going to think that it had something to do with me, which obviously it didn't, you know, know but there are five pages now. And like, it's, it is, obviously I have put images out there publicly so that that's always a danger that they could be used or abused or violated in that way. Like, But it's just, it's preying on people, it's preying on vulnerable people um, and it's just one of a number of ways that, that phishing is happening at the moment. So Oh, just parking the fact that people are being scammed mm. using a fake page with a radio profile. Do you feel violated in that sense then as well? That it's your own photographs and things that are close to your own heart of you is being used for nastiness? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, it's something very negative that's going on. A lot of people are, are speaking about it. You know, it, it's it's been going on now for yeah. going on two weeks. Um, and it like would make you question about what you do share publicly. But obviously the, the job that we're in, that kind of comes part and parcel with it, you know? Okay, I'll be asking, I'll be asking Ronan Murphy from Smart Tech why Facebook don't just automatically take down a scam when the person who an image is being used reports it. Yeah, it is absolutely scam. I mean, I spent a good deal of time yesterday just trying to figure out what more can I do here. Uh, guards? Uh, yeah, I've made phone calls to, to, to my local guard station. I hope to go down there in the next couple of days and just, just report it and just file that. But like, I mean, I don't expect to get much of a, a comeback on that for a long, long time. And this is something that needs, needs to end abruptly. Like uh, yeah. Facebook are allowing this to continue. You wonder why, because it would be very easy for them and very fast for them to shut it down once they're alerted to it. You'd imagine so. I mean... If any loyalty to their Facebook users, they'd shut it down straight away. Yeah, they're allowing this to happen. Okay, thanks for popping in and appreciate you for flagging it online and responding to every single person who got in touch with you. All credit. Meanwhile, Ronan Murphy is with Smart Tech. He's the Smart Tech 247 founder. Ronan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Why wouldn't Facebook just take it down immediately if it's reported yeah, Facebook don't care. I mean, they're making too much money uh, harvesting people's data, and the, the the last thing they need is to to be pr- uh, providing customer support to people who are falling victim to this type of scam. They simply don't care, and it's been like this for a number of years. From people having their Instagram accounts hacked, to small businesses who rely on these platforms to to drive revenue. They simply don't care. Why not, though? I mean, do they have any loyalty to their users, though, who could be abused and robbed? Zero. Absolutely zero. All they care about is uh, getting more data, more advertising, more clicks, more interaction with the platform. And these are just small inconveniences. So, therefore, all of these scams are much needed and much sought after traffic. Um. I mean, if you look at the anatomy of the problem, Neil, right, it's all fueled by the endorphin rush that people get from getting likes and getting clicks and getting interaction on social media. And the the result of that is people click on stuff, which is what that lady just said. They click on stuff that's just too good to be true. And then they fall victim to these types of scams. I mean, if they stood back for 20 seconds, they might realize that they've won a competition they may not even have entered, right? And so it's kind of common sense that they shouldn't click on the link. Um, so you've, you've got the problem with people being naive and clicking on these links. You've got the problem of Facebook and other social media platforms really not caring about uh, people getting falling victim to these. And then you've got the really unfortunate people who actually have their identity compromised and 
you've got these very sophisticated organizations who specifically geo-target, they could be in the Philippines, they could be anywhere, where you've got a whole call center of people sitting down and they decide on a Tuesday, okay, let's target radio stations, let's look at Ireland, let's look at the UK, let's look at yeah. Iceland, let's look yeah. at France, let's look at Germany, and they go after every radio let's station. Let's look at radio stations that already do competitions, exactly. so they're kind of halfway and, and, in the door. You're spot on, and they'll do that for a couple of weeks until it fizzles out. Then they'll move to electricity bills or whatever it might be, and then in a few months they'll come back and they'll target radio stations. So they did review it, they said, and I have a screen grab here of it. It says, uh, we technologically reviewed your report against our community standards. Ultimately, we decided not to take the profile down. We take action on profiles that pose a danger to other people or are harmful to the community. That's kind of nonsense, isn't it? Like you would think um, you would think that something like this is harmful to the community. I don't know, are you still there, Ronan? I lost him, actually. I think he's gone, um, unfortunately. I'd like to get him back if you could, though, because there's one other question from before he goes. Um, anyway, that's the, the latest. Uh, he's back on tour. I'm just saying, I don't know what you got to hear that. I read out the response from Facebook. Did you hear that, Ronan? Where they no, said, they said, we take, we said, they said, te- we technologically reviewed your report uh, and ultimately we decided not to take the profile down. We take action on profiles that pose a danger to other people or are harmful to the community. Yeah, it's look, it's ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, nonsense. they are they, they, complete nonsense. They don't put any time, energy, effort into trying to deal with this. And as I said, look, there's, there's various different victims of, of these types of scams. Probably the ones that I feel the worst for are the ones who have no control over it and their identity uh, is used um, and, and, you know, they, they feel violated by, by these types of attacks. But it's definitely a wake-up call to everyone about, you know, how much you should share on social media about yourself. And it's difficult for people who are running competitions and so forth. But um, it, it's not a nice position to find yourself. In the end of the day, it's down to people not engaging or thinking before they click or hand over much uh, coveted information like a PPS number or a bank account detail. Isn't it true? Ne- never. Never just you know okay. just uh, people are the weakest link. Be careful what you click on. If it's too good to be true, it probably is more than likely. And in the you're saying Facebook don't care. They do not care. Okay. I promise they don't care. Okay, <laughs> just just before I let you go, uh, you have a bee in your bonnet about TikTok. You think um, was reading at one of the papers of the weekend that you were saying that you need to be very very careful. Of, of TikTok going forward because it might be safe now but it doesn't ultimately mean that it always will be. What's what's the problem? Uh, well, look, I wouldn't look at it so much from an individual user's perspective, right? Uh, this is a much broader conversation. I mean, if you look at the geopolitical landscape last week, you, you had Biden with Zelensky in the Ukraine and you had uh, China and Russia on one side of the divide, right? Um, China are uh, a country who are clearly siding with Russia um, and the divide between the West and um, the East has never been uh, in a more a delicate balance, I would say, since the Cold War. And China are um, a country who are experts in mass surveillance, whether it be Huawei systems that run our networks, whether it be um, hike vision cameras, which we have in the Doyle, or whether it be applications that sit on our phones and track individuals of uh, importance, whether they be politicians or people walking in the European Union. And I would 
I would uh, absolutely uh, concur with the European Union's decision to ban TikTok on devices held by people who are possibly um, could be surveilled by um, uh, countries where there's tensions. So therefore, um, uh, you must remember that TikTok is a is a, an application that sits on your device and should the Communist Party decide that they want to get access to devices of specific individuals, that becomes very easy once they have um, access to that software. And they can get at you through TikTok then, if they wish. It's just like a little software update or something. I mean, it's a piece of software that sits on your phone. I'm not saying that it's a problem for your teenager using TikTok, but it's a much broader discussion that needs serious assessment by governments. Yeah, would that be something that the Irish government should look at with regards to our politicians? I mean, we've got this this incredible spy story over the past few days of somebody who lived amongst us and apparently may well have been spying for the Russians and could well be coming back to Ireland. you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in no world should um, a politician have TikTok on their phone. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Wow, that's incredible. All right, listen, thanks for the update as usual. Appreciate you taking the time. Ronan Murphy, Smart Tech founder, Smart Tech 247. You can text 0868104106. Um, can I just take an ad break? Is James and Kieran okay? And I'll come back after the break. Thanks. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086 Ah, thanks Red so much. FM. Thank you. I see text coming in here about the helipad. It was only where were heli- helicopters landing. The helicopters to CUH have been landing at Highfield Rugby Pitch and ambulances then transfer the patients to the CUH. Fair play to you. And thank you for that. Appreciate it, Pat. Good text. So I was just curious as to what the deal was. Somebody else actually said uh, the helicopters for COH land in GAA, the Bishopstown GA pitch, and an ambulance ferries them about five minutes away. So it's pitches they're using could well be um, going to change when they get their own helipad back. But thank you for that. Text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines. James, good morning. Morning, Inc- Incidentally, the amounts apparently that people are being scammed out of with regards to the one I've been talking about is always under 50 euro. The number seems to be 49 euro 99 cent. But go ahead yourself. What have you got for me? No, I just got a text over the weekend. Uh, I forget the exact details of it because I deleted it. But it was along the lines of your Apple Pay account is a problem. Please click on the link to reset. Yeah. So I deleted it. Um, yeah. So it's one of another one. I don't even have an iPhone or um, an Apple account. I have neither. Yeah. Now I did hear, I did read somewhere, and I just can't find it, where there is somebody being appointed. I think to the Department of Telecommunications to uh, try and tidy up the business of the telecommunications industry, like an, an overseer or whatever that would go in and deal with companies and make them look tighter at their security yeah. system. Yeah, but where did they, like, for instance, where did that crowd of scammers, like, get your mobile number from? Well, they seem to be able to harvest numbers. I have no idea where they got it from. My, my daughter also got one. And she has, she has just a simple uh, prepay, like, a, not, not even a registered account. So she, she got the same. Now, she does have an, I, an iPhone. But there is everywhere. Is it? We're, we're plagued by this stuff. It could be the HSC. Click on this link because revenue want to give you a, a rebate. You pay too much tax. All sorts of stuff like that. Everybody has too much information about us now. But I worry for those that I worry for those that you know would be smart, intelligent people, but in the moment would get caught thinking it's legit. You know. Well, if you're if you're if you're a bit distracted, you could actually hit that link. 
you didn't. No, fair and then you're, in, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Then you're in trouble. Yeah, fair play. I take just with the, the Chinese thing. I see where the uh, the children's hospital are going to have to review their security CCTV that they were putting in because it was a Chinese supplier. Whoa, where's that? The, they're going. The, in, uh, in the, the new children's hospital, yeah. Really? There's a problem. Uh, there's an issue. It's been knocked back, yeah, because of, of that very thing. And, the one, of course, it's the same one in the doll, I think. <laughs> I suppose they, they probably put it on the comedy channel in China there. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best comment of the day so far for me. <laughs> China, China hacks the Irish doll, puts the video footage on the comedy channel. <laughs> And learns nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, James, for that. Appreciate it, my oh, man. Fair play. By, to you. by the way, Niall, by yeah. the way, Michael <laughs> Healy Ray is on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, imagine that a lot of politicians are on TikTok. Well, he's definitely on it because I saw him on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that the so, is that so, the one where so he's up on the is that the one where he's up on the electric scooter? Is it? Yeah, yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, he, he looked out of place slightly. <laughs> Oh my God! All that's right, he is the last man. All right, take care, take James. Care. Thank you. Did you want to just jump in there? Yeah, just, just because my phone is kind of uh, it's good in that way that if it gets texts that it thinks are a little bit suspicious, then it will it will put them into a spam folder. So I just went to look through my spam folder today, just to give you an example. So Thank you. I have a text from Bank of Ireland. I don't bank with Bank of Ireland. I have a text with Unpost. I haven't ordered anything with Unpost in the last uh, God knows how long. Uh, I have one from AXA. I have one from AIB. Again, I don't bank. With AIB, a second one from Unpost, a third one from Unpost. The Unpost all, ones are we have something belong to you. Yeah. You need to click here to pay a small Your package customs has an un- charge. Unpaid fee of one euro ninety cents. Yeah. Um. I mean that would be great. A customs fee of one euro ninety. I'd be delighted with if that yeah, was actually yeah, the case. Yeah, yeah. Um. I have one from Revolut, purporting to be from Revolut, saying their systems have gone down. Uh, I have one from the H. It was purporting to be from the HSE. Um. And what's the last one at the end here? Another AIB one. So like loads of banks that I don't use like financial services that I really don't use on post for parcels that don't exist that I don't have it's just now that thankfully as I said my phone that's a great blocks example. a lot of this that's stuff out example. but like that's a great if, example if I was I suppose not technologically savvy and you'd be was clicking on curious yeah. you'd be following that yeah. well you might you might get caught once but if you, I don't know would you be caught a second time but I think really ult- ultimately I mean I think there's enough messages out now to people saying if you see a link and really I, like oftentimes if I see something the first thing I will look at is the actual link itself to see what the link is because if it's not on post.e or bank of ireland.e or whatever it is it's very you know a lot of them can be like this one now says uh, the bank of ireland one is 365online-support.com like there's no way Bank of Ireland would ever have an, uh, an, uh, a a dot web, com. Uh, no, nah, would just yeah. go just yeah. go to the Bank of Ireland website. But people lead very concerned. busy lives, you know. They yeah. don't always look at the minutiae of the detail. I know, but that's you, a good example of the amount of stuff. It, yeah. Especially. Okay. Yeah. okay, Kieran Gould. Morning. You did a job in North Cork yesterday. I think is that the case? That's right. Yeah. And, and uh, it was for a woman in her in her late seventies. Yeah, lads. If you don't know it, Kieran Gould is a top class chimney cleaner. We've spoken to him before. Go ahead, Kieran. I see two chimneys near the side in the house, right? And uh, I'd done the first one and went into the second one, so I had to pass in the conservatory uh, to get into the, the other room. And I see all buckets full of water. And I looked, I said, Jesus, what's up there, girl? She said, Stop, leave me alone. She said, She got people, uh, she was with, she had a small leak in her room about six, eight months ago, or something like that. Yeah. And she was waiting on the something fella to come out. He probably he come out. It was, he, 
it'd be roughly fifteen hundred to two thousand to fix. Right. And she, uh, your man was working in schools and something like that. He was doing roofing in schools and he started another job with someone else, so he couldn't do the job. But someone thought they were doing a, a good deed. They saw fellas roofing a house and they asked them for the cab and they gave the woman the cab, so she forwarded this crowd and they came out and they said, 8,000 quid. They take the roof back down and they put it back up. There's no slates and all that, right? Yeah. The sunroom so roof, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they came out the first day, put up the scaffold, stripped the roof. The second day they came out and they put up the roof. So I watched the end then when they were gone, it rained. And the water that came in through the, into the sunroom is just unbelievable. Do you know, you have a waste bucket down in your kitchen, the freestanding waste bucket is yeah. about two foot high. That's the one. She had one of them and it was full of water. And she had pots and pans all along the back wall where the um, where the, the water was coming in after the boys done the job. So I said, look, I'll empty the bucket, stay up here. She, she said, no, no, watch your back, you. She said, it'll be all right. So I emptied the buckets for her anyway. And we talking to her anyway. She was telling me about it. She's going away now. She's looking for a job, Neil, to pay to get the, um, the work uh, done again, you know. So I was, you know, Going back to work in her, she's almost 80. Oh, I must have I swear to God, I was looking, I, I couldn't believe it. I said, Jesus, God, it's unbelievable. Like, do you know, uh, she phoned them up then and they said, that's to do with the Velox window. Right? It's just what came, the, what's coming into the, the room. Like, you see all the past need. If you see it now, you'll be horrified for the poor woman, do you know? Yeah. So I didn't know anyone. Anyway. The job was too big. And he said, Just come back to the wall. He said, Tell like, you know, just says, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. fucking you have good people there. Yeah, do, do, we have a num- do we have a number for these these people who yeah. did that work? I, I don't know, Nate. The woman is afraid of her life. Why, why am I I'm at this morning? The woman won't go to the gals. She, you have permission to talk on her behalf, though. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She, I have the permission. Like, I said, like, come on, try to help the woman out. Like, guys, 80 years of age, go back to work to get something done to her house. She Why is she terrified? Her. Why is she terrified? She, she don't know one. She's uh, afraid they come back and do something to her. Like, you know, that's what these people do. They pray on the old people, don't they? So they just and were they, doing some work up the road who they obviously no, caught was, somebody. No, no what ha- it, was, it was some part of the cock and the woman thought she was doing a good deed or someone was doing a good deed, got a card for her because she knew she had the leak and gave her the card. Yeah, but she but got she the card to- from someone who was already in the area or something. Uh, and and got that card for work they were doing in the locality, was it? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Down they and came, then, so they took off the roof of the, the sunroom, did nothing to it, just put it back up again. What you give, eight grand in cash? Eight thousand cash, me. Like I said, and I tell you, she's a very, a, a very, very nice woman, like I swear to God. But fucking have to But go if back you have the, the card, there, like, the guard, should, the guard should be contacted. She's afraid of her life, Nate. She's afraid. She wouldn't. She, she wouldn't even... Uh, like, she don't have done the image and done that. Mom, no. This woman is afraid. Like, she's... She's, she's afraid. So it's a lot worse than it like. was before they even went near it now. Worse. This is unreal. I tell you, know, when it's raining, you... With the water that I see inside the buckets, you would need to go to the show. You just stand inside in the conservatory and you would have a show. That could, be her, that could be your whole life savings, couldn't it? More than likely it is, but she have to go back to work. They like she's a year grand now, and they and they they stay at living over the expenses of living now and everything. Like, how could she afford? Did she actually say that that I'm going to have to get a, a job? She yeah, she said that. I swear to God, she says she's going to go back to work. She does. 
home help or whatever like you know but she's going back looking for work again ah uh, she must be heartbroken to be caught like that ah oh, sad Jesus said he lives coming down the road like, you feel sorry for the woman you know it's heartbreaking you make, I mean you'd be, yeah. you'd be so angry but well I'm very angry about it every time I hear it but for it to happen to somebody they must feel awfully violated they must must be very upsetting for her oh jeez I want to and 8,000 euro and they were there was, they did whatever they did in the space of a couple of days uh, they came in one, uh, they came up the scaffold, took down the slates. One day I came back the second day, put back up the same slates. I said, and that I was thought, it? That was it, 8,000 quid. Oh, God, I wish people would just not do any... Uh, but she probably thought they were recommended by a neighbour. That's, that's the thing, like, and there's, there's this fellow here to get tradesmen, they don't know, like, and she got a car, like... You know, and one fellow was doing it and he was, he was a reliable, well, he was, he, 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 that's his type of walk, but he couldn't, he didn't get a chance to do it. And she went away then, she was going waiting for him, like it was only a small little leak. And, she, you know, and now she had pots and pans and buckets all along the back wall of the conservatory. So it's the happening was everywhere. Yeah, they're all over the place. They really and truly yeah. are more than ever before. And they're catching oh, people. I know. And they go after people then if they see that somebody's elderly or alone. Then of course they just ratchet up the price. They just the yeah. price goes up by, Jesus, that's ten times what it should be. Yeah, but uh, you imagine they'll like have to go back to work at eighty or visit. Oh, totally, it, totally, it. absolutely that as well. But it's ten times what it should be. Like. It's ten yeah. times what it should be for a good job, not a scam. Yeah, a scam, a pure scam. I don't know, and and, and, the, and the outside in. The water's not going into the chutes at all. Whatever water's not coming through the house, the rest of us going out just over the chutes and down into the air, like, you know? Nah, she doesn't need that kind of grief or upset at this stage oh, of her life. Oh, it's unbelievable. I tell you, I, I was sick all the way leaving the poor woman, you know? All right, well, listen, thanks, Kieran. You'd never know. Maybe somebody might be listening that might be able to go and oh, have a please. look at that job. You'd never know if we could get it I put right for her. I, I'd, give, I'd put money towards it, Neil. I would. I'd, swear to God, I'd, I'd give money towards it. I'd hand it just as there. I can give a thousand quid towards it, Neil. I'd, I'd hand it over to you there uh, tomorrow morning. A thousand euro? That's an, that's would, an enormous amount of money. Yeah, but Neil, I, look, I worked out. I, I, I can afford it. Like, so I would give it like, just to the woman out. Like, uh, well, listen, that's an incredibly kind gesture. You obviously were very moved by what you saw and the fact that she says she'll have to go back to work and she's nearly 80 years old. Let, let's see if there's anybody in that general area or would visit the North Cork area to take a look at it and to price it up yeah. then, shall we? See what I'll, the story I'll come is? Back to me, come back to me, Neil. I'll give the money. I she will, Karen. I will, she must, have the, she must have the woman's I number have, there, and you bring me, I'll bring the money in. There's no hassle, Neil. I just... Misfortunate one. Woman, fair you know? play, Kieran. Fair play. All right, listen, be back to you. Thanks so, so much. So, big old thanks, Kieran Gould, the chimney cleaner. Anybody think they may be able to take a look at that job because it's a shocking thing? It's an awful thing. I mean, it's just a violation of the elderly woman. It really and truly is. But they don't care. They don't see uh, the human aspect of this. They don't see the emotions behind the individual and how they suffer ever. They just never do. They're not interested. In fact, they see an elderly person and they just see more money. Uh, more opportunities to catch somebody. Anybody in a position maybe to take a look at that, please do get in touch. Text 0868104106. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. But you could actually snaffle three. 300 euro cash again today just like yesterday morning just before midday today we'll be taking callers on air every day this week 300 euro cash 
courtesy of the Brinks box. And on Friday, an opportunity to get one of these super duper Brinks boxes. They really are incredible. If you have a business and you deal in cash, and for many, cash is still king. Um, this is a Brinks box that you put in the office or the back, back office or somewhere secure. You have these little pouches. You put the euro inside the pouches and then into the account, or sorry, into the Brinks box. And without being too technical about it, you obviously input the amount of money that you're putting into the box. And that amount is actually in your bank account the very next day. Now, sometime later then, say for instance when the Brinks box is full, Brinks come along and they physically take the cash to the bank for you. So it's your cash, managed safely, fast and conveniently, and it also saves you an awful lot of time because you ain't going to the bank. So business owners never have to go to a bank today. And it uh, doesn't matter how size the business is, it's designed for, um, you know, maybe big businesses right down to small local businesses, all right? So it's a fabulous innovation and it's very safe. So we have 300 euro every day to give away courtesy of ourselves and Brinks and on Friday, a Brinks box. So you need to be nominating um, and you can text a little later on. Hold off for now. You need to nominate the business that you would like to win this Brinks box and then you get on the air and I have a four-digit code and I'll tell you more about that little later on this morning. Uh, with regards to all of the various scams that are going around, I got loads of messages from Kira Revens the last two weeks. I knew it was a scam as it was from a post I liked three years ago. Somebody actually said that the scam was connected to a post that was two years old and it was obvious that it was a scam. Well, for you guys, it was obvious, but not for everybody. Like a texter says, how people are still falling for this is crazy. I also reported the page, but Facebook said they didn't see anything wrong with it. You see what Ronan Murphy is saying? They just don't give a damn. I mean, why they can't see anything wrong with somebody being impersonated or any kind of a scam that you wouldn't take down straight away? They obviously don't look at it closely enough. First, they just don't care, or maybe both. Because they don't care, they don't look at it closely enough. I looked at the page. It's a fake competition with Kira's photograph, and it is still active. Uh, tell her that she should file a copyright report uh, regarding her photographs. That's how I eventually got them to take my photos off a page that had been cloned. That's a good one. Don't even talk about people who images have been cloned and end up uh, on uh, different sex sites and what have you. I got tagged as well. I shared it on my Facebook I took screenshots of it and reported it to Facebook. Same thing happened to me. They made it look like they were rewarding their best listeners. As in, yeah, they, they, they set it up so that you feel as if, well, you know, Red FM and other radio stations do competitions anyway, so it's got to be legit. On the subject of card payments, where does anyone stand when, if you buy a meal, etc., and you go to pay, a machine is put in front of you, um, when you only have cash and there's no warning signs, says Anthony. Uh, don't even talk to me about that. We had that on the air two weeks ago. What happens if you want to pay cash, but the premise is only card? And they don't have any signs to indicate that. I think at the end of the day, if you've eaten the food and you don't have a credit card and they want you to pay with credit card and you only have cash, they will take the cash. They'll find your change somewhere. Uh, another one. Hi, guys. I was uh, I got one from eFlow for the M50 toll saying that I'd made a journey in 2022 that I didn't pay for. That was another scam from eFlow. Here's a bizarre one. My daughter got clamped yesterday in a parent and child parking spot. She had a baby seat in the car, you see, and the child in her arms. The guardia are investigating, but they told her that the company is doing it is operating illegally. They visited the business address that was given and it turned out to be a cleaning services. Um, she can't get her money back. So, so if that was a longer text, it would probably say that she called the number, gave her credit card details, they came and took the clamp off, but they were illegal. 
illegally clamping people's car, uh, cars, as in the company is operating illegally. And another one here, I got a text from eFlow, whoever they are, that's the M50, saying to update my account by clicking on the link before the service is cut off. And thank you, they also sent me uh, a photograph. Another one here from Revolut, your online access has been blocked due to unusual activity. To restore Revolut access, please click on this link. Don't do it. And just finally, we were talking earlier on about the power of positivity. Um, here's the thing about the power of positivity. It does work if you put in the work. You see all these people on Instagram and Facebook saying, oh yeah, I manifested this or I wrote this down and I got it. The reality is, yeah, they wrote it down, but they also put the work in behind it. Like they did a course they applied for a job. They did the training. It's just a mental thing, really. If you think you're going to get something, you're going to have to work for it. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, that's somebody saying that sitting back and saying, OK, universe, bring it into me. I want to win the lotto. I want 10 grand. You know, I want to meet somebody who's going to sweep me off my feet and be happy for the rest of my life and sit back and wait for it. Chances are it won't happen. Uh, back to the phone lines. John, good morning morning. Just remind us again um, because you were on, oh my gosh, a couple of years ago now, £5,250 sterling was the scam amount, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. How did it happen? It was a, on a, a digger on the eBay there and I had a look of it and contacted the, the company through email over the COVID. They had no phone number, so it was all email. So I said I'd buy the machine and he said, he said his details, bank details, and I transferred the money, and he get the machine delivered to the house. Never so happened. Went, never happened. I went to the bank in North Main Street, and the manager decided to transfer the money because I couldn't use the machine myself. Transferred the money, got an email of your man, thank you, you received your money. We make arrangements for delivery. It'll be there on the 7th of April. Kept texting him, email, uh, emailing, nothing at all whatsoever. 7th of April yeah. came and went, I guess, yeah? Yeah. He emailed me then. That was on transport. The lorry broke down. He, he's uh, waiting for a new truck now to pick it up. And it'll be there on the 7th, on a Wednesday. And no sign of the machine. Did your man then disappear? Did he stop responding to you or what? Stopped responding whatsoever. I went into the bank in Army Street, approached the supervisors, told them we'll get on to, we get onto the fraud team. Heard nothing back from them. Went in a few months afterwards, seen seen the manager in the side here. They didn't want to know. We'll get back on you again. Unbelievable. Do you know if that character scammed others? Did you keep an eye out to see if he had the digger up again? Yes, the digger is still up in it. So he's still catching people? I was inside in the bank. The bank closed then in Altman Street. And I went into the bank. I rang the bank. And the manager on the phone said to me, I should be reimbursed that for that money. So I went straight into the South Mall because Altman Street is closed. Spoke to a manager inside there. And I said, I spoke to one of your colleagues on the phone. Well, the boy said, and he said, you should reimburse me that 5,250 sterling. Yeah. Oh, he said, one second, I'll go into the back room. So he went into the back room, came out with a, in the forum. He said, I just had a look on the internet now, and that's, that machine is still for sale, active on the internet. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, the bank don't give a hoot. 
The bank, I never got a letter from the bank, an apology from the bank. And I'm still with the bank, putting money in and out. But, like, did you ever, was it only conversations you had inside in banks? Is there any kind of paper trail or email trail between you and the bank? I just got an email off the, um, off, like, I can't, won't mention his name. I, if you want me I'd No, I don't want to know anybody's name, but was it a bank official emailed you? The bank emailed me. Uh, I went into the bank and spoke to the manager when he showed me all the details that are still active. I, he checked around the, the back room in the bank and he said he'll contact me again. I'm after sending three or four emails and he never contacted me. I, I know I know you don't I know you don't have the time but you need to become a thorn in their side like calling in more often ringing all of the time emailing just bombarding them Neil uh, my health is bad I'm after open heart surgery I'm after going into a cardiac arrest I'm oh, after man. having two new hips since all of this I am in bad, bad health myself and I keep ringing the bank they won't answer the phone send them emails they won't reply back they don't give a hoot them banks and do you, are, are you absolutely entitled to it? Have somebody, has somebody told you that legally you're entitled to the money back? Because even though you willingly gave it to a scam artist. Well, when I phoned the bank when it was closed on my street, I spoke to one of their colleagues and he said, I should be reimbursed. So I, I asked my wife to drive me into South Mall. I went into the bank, spoke to this manager inside there. He went into the back room, had a look on the internet. He said, it's still up for sale. He said, active. He said, I'll contact you. That was six months ago. I'm still waiting for a phone call. And have you done anything about it in the last six months? I know your health isn't well and you've been through the wars. I get that. Yeah, I can't do what more can I do. I have to send them emails. They just don't give a who need them banks. They can write off big loans from the TDs and all these politicians living. But not only men with a few pounds in the bank and they won't rebuff me. They write off many, many millions of euro from people who were reckless during the Celtic Tiger days. They certainly did. Yeah, they certainly yeah, did. They're still, they're still, they're still writing money, money off, off a big, big, big This old GDPR, you see, doesn't allow the likes of me to get involved in your kind of a story and others like that because of your information and your data being being private. But I'd say a solicitor's letter mightn't be a, mightn't be a bad idea, you know? Yeah, but the solicitor's letter then again, what can they do? They'll write to the solicitor that they, 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 they'll try and work on it. That's, that's all they get you get. They think that neither of them banks are useless. They'll take your money, but they won't give it back. That's a shame, isn't it? That's a shame. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Would, would you mind if I contacted a solicitor and got advice on your behalf, got him on the air and said, what does somebody do in a situation like this? Would you mind? Yeah. Not at all, not at all. I'd be very keen to know what kind of avenues are open to you. So I have your mobile number. We'll get back to you, John. We'll do a bit of work on it when we get off the air. Call a solicitor and see somebody who's good in that area, you know? Yeah, because, like, that was a lot of money, like, no mind, 2,000, 5,250 sterling. That's a lot of money. It's an awful lot of money. It's an awful lot of money. It is an awful lot of money. But, you know, regardless of what it is, I'm just... I'm just curious as to what kind of recourse you have if the bank are ignoring you. Be back to you, John, all right?
No problem, mate. Thank you very much. Okay, we're on that. I'd be interested to see what a legal brief might say about that with recourse to uh, what kind of action. Um, you know, we were talking recently about the cost of hotels. I wanted to get away for a break in February and was looking at Inish Man, which was working out at €400 Euro for four nights. No food, transport or transfers included. Nothing. Uh, I'm currently in Malta in a lovely four-star all-inclusive hotel. Four nights, flights and transfers included €300. Euro along with good weather, guaranteed. The only thing I've paid since I got here was a €4 Euro ferry ride to Gozo Island. The same distance ferry in Ireland to the Aran Islands would cost me not €4, Euro, but almost €40. Euro. I love holidaying in Ireland, but will definitely be reconsidering in the future with the value and the weather available abroad. Honestly, just sickened at the prices in Ireland and I don't know how tourists are happy to pay it. And so says a text, an emailer who got in touch with me from Malta. So just bearing in mind, no transfers now, no food, no transport, nothing. Just four nights uh, on Inishman, 400 euro, um, you know, and you sort out your own food. Meanwhile, over in uh, a three-star hotel inclusive, which is all of your meals, four-star hotel, Malta, four nights, flights, transfers, all included, 100 euro less, 300 euro. Make you think, wouldn't it? Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. Yeah, just on that actually, our customer service can be very disappointing sometimes. You know, as you get a gift for Christmas from your children of uh, a two-night stay in a treehouse and you get all the details and the money's paid and you get the voucher and you get the gift and you go along up the country to the treehouse and it turns out to be a cottage not a treehouse at all. Uh, very disappointing, the emailer says to me. She said, we tried to make the most of it because we were looking forward to the break and it was a lovely gift. Went into the cottage, spent a night there, even though it was a bit cold. We left early the next morning with no satisfaction and zero breakaway. I rang them and asked for a refund uh, for the night that we didn't stay there and I got no satisfaction with that either. You book a treehouse and you end up in uh, in a cottage. I may well be talking to that uh, that uh, couple a little later on but uh, do keep your emails coming. Email neil at redfm.ie I have another couple of emails which I'll do but I'm conscious of calls standing by so I want to get back to them if I can. Deirdre, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Time and time again, I'm talking to people who are, say for instance, tenants of Cork City Council, sometimes it's Cork County Council, and the conditions that they're living in are just horrific. Pick up on that for me, please. Yeah, it was just in relation to um, to the yeah, as you said, conditions. But it's just part of the problem is that there's no accountability in there. Um, you know, they're outsourcing all the work now, but no one. But you're saying outsourcing that means they have companies contracted to do the work on their behalf. Yeah, exactly. But do yeah. they not? I mean, they don't check the work. Is that what it is, Deirdre? Exactly. They don't. They don't check the work. They don't check it before what needs to be done and no one checks it after. Um, per, uh, one of the things I messaged in about yesterday was that um, I'm a council tenant and when we moved in here, you know, the windows had been removed from the house um, and, they, and they were boarded up. So the day that we got the keys, the boards are taken down and the windows are put back in place. But the contractor actually broke the kitchen window as he was putting it in. He pushed away his knee. We just happened to be in the house at the time, so we saw him do it. Um, straight away, we asked them, we said, look, can you swap that out straight away? I mean, you know, it's like cracked. Now, it wasn't cracked true, if you know what I mean. Yeah, okay. But it was, it's a double-glazed window-like, and one of the panes is cracked all the way down. So, um, 
he said, no, no, you'll have to get on to the, to the council about it. I can't just swap it out now. We actually went straight back into the council that day and explained what happened. Um, we said, look, they smashed it when they put it in because the council aren't actually responsible for replacing glass in normal circumstances. You know, like if I was here and if a child... Uh, a stone comes through the front window. That's yeah, your gig. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in this case, you know, the contractor had broken it, you know, like we weren't responsible. Why did he say he couldn't uh, just make it right? Is it that he didn't have the budget for it or something or what? No, he just said, oh, you have to go in and um, and tell the council about it. They have, to, they have to come back and tell us to change it. I broke it, but you'd have to get onto the council for yeah. me to fix it. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, so we went in, we explained the situation, and they were saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get that sorted. And that was in 2012, and the window is still broken. I know people would be roaring at the radio, why didn't you get it fixed yourself? So let me ask you that. But why would I be fixing it myself? I, got, I know, I know, I know. I know. Well, you, you may know? not have the money to do it, I appreciate that, but... You know, um, yeah, but, but Neil, like it's not that we have done plenty of work in the house over the years. I'm not one to just complain about nothing. Yeah, um, you know, I'd rather just get it done. But this, this was that as they were putting it in, he broke it. In actual fact, the same contractors were doing um, work in another house because we are living in a council estate. They were doing uh, work in another house a few days later. So I actually went down to them and I said, "Look, that window still hasn't changed. You know what's happening." Oh, no, we don't know anything about it. You have to just contact council. Isn't it very frustrating? You know, it must be very frustrating. frustrating. I had been on to the council a few times um, in that first year about it. Sometimes they send someone out that would measure it, and then you'd never see them again. But the point I'm making, Neil, is that those contractors were paid for that job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like this wasn't coming out of the council. So that's a, that, that's actually is a contractor who did a job and got paid for a job that was not completed properly. Exactly. Yeah, I know. If I know. they had followed up at the time, it would have been it would have come out of the contractor. It wasn't. But now at this stage, the council have to cover the cost of it. You know, when we move out or whatever, um, because the contractor is well gone. You know, whereas if they had followed up at the time, the contractor by right should have been the one to pay out to, to that put it right point. absolutely complete the contract as, as you'd say yeah exactly. no, no accountability in that regard so what's going to happen with it like it's just going to stay the way it is 10 years later it's no change well I mean it, it's still cracked I mean um, if it cracks further I, I will replace it but take the money out of the rent oh how will that go down I don't know how it will go down, but there's no way that I'm paying for something that someone else cracked. Okay, keep me and updated. We've been reporting for over 10 years. You keep know? me updated. Keep me updated on that. I want to Thanks. talk to Jess here. Thank you. Um, actually, talking about council estate living, um, I've got something very interesting in a few minutes' time. Jess, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. Okay, um, you wanted to pick up <clears> on some conversations we had over the past couple of days. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just picking up there on that lady that you done, and and I think her name was for her chimney and stuff. You know, she's living in a council house. They now sleep. They now sleep in the same bed herself and all of the children for body warmth. You know, they can't use the bedrooms because of smoke damage and dampness and mold and yeah, awful, awful, awful. It was very, very upsetting. Very sad. I like. Very sad, and like that with, with, with children as well, you know. The wiring, um, the wiring is absolutely a death trap. If she touches anything, plugs anything in, she gets a shock. In fact, I have photographs of the wiring, and I can now understand for the first time 
why the fire brigade said the house should be condemned. It's unbelievable. Go ahead anyway with your own story. Yeah. yeah so so yeah. Like Joe. So like like listen to that lady yesterday and like that. My own mother like um, is like a, a council challenge herself and like that. I suppose she she you saw the pictures there. Of, now I've also been given photographs of your mam's um, yeah. situation. Uh, yeah. What's that? She's got black, burnt, damp walls. Yeah. Um, so her front door, um, her front door, you come in her front door. That's the front door. And it's, yeah, that's the front door. And it's all like... Hang on, there's mushrooms, there's mushrooms growing Mushrooms, up. yeah, mushrooms and everything now at this stage, right? Growing. Oh, growing up the side <laughs> of the whole yeah. wall. Yeah. Now her, you come in her door and all her floors are warped as well, you know, from all the, the water, the rain uh, coming in there. Um, she, she, you see, you see, you see the condition of it. Like it's not healthy, you know. It's it's not. Um, my brother is a chronic asthmatic in the in the house, and he's you know his health is affected by this. So my mom is in, you know, blue in the face from you no know, ringing, going down. The pictures are gone in. It's getting worse. It's been like this like over twelve months. Um, like there's that. All, there's, you ring. A, there's all this wiring, right? And what looks yeah. like some sort of an, an electrical appliance. Electric, electrical appliance up over it, yeah. Yeah, what, what is that? Is that pay-as-you-go or something for fuel or heating uh, or something? Well, well, yeah, you know you'd, you'd have your, your pay-as-you-go. You okay, so uh, that's meter. there with loads and loads of wiring coming in and mm-hmm. out of the meter. And surrounded yeah. by it, of course, is wet, damp walls. Mold. With, so this is an electrical hazard, big time. Big time. And yeah. you know what the, the, the mushrooms, if if you knock them off with a brush, do they just grow again? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, I mean, I suppose my mom is like, you know, she's like, you know, her anxiety is through the, through the roof and like, like this, like, you know, you get this special paint, you know, to uh, the damp traps and like, I mean, she's after doing all this, the special sprays to, you know, get the mould off and all this, but like, it's not, it's not fixing the problem. No, so I won't fix it unless it's totally no. and utterly insulated and the proper job is done and Pro- beating Proper it, job done. Like, you know, it's only, yeah. Um, and like that, she, it's after being reported, it's after being logged. Um, the foreman uh, came out the foreman took pictures so my mom, I actually was here the morning he came out and he was explaining to my mom, um, yeah I'm just here to take the pictures, my mom was like you know there's actually like a shed onto, onto the house as well you know it's like like a door and then there's like you know a shed onto the house um, and inside there it's like 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 storage and all all inside there is exactly the same it's completely destroyed can we can there. we share these pictures online just saying this is um a tenant of a city council house um yeah if you if you if you wouldn't mind like i mean like it it is like uh, i know i just I want people to get an opportunity to see what i'm seeing you know yeah yeah so your man took the photographs went away and nothing since no nothing since nothing since like, you know, that was back in, like, uh, November. And I just see why why I kind of want to, to come on as well. Like, like, I suppose, like, there has been already, we say, a similar house to my own mother's that had the same issue, that actually had the fire brigade out not so long ago as well. You know, and, like, is, like, do something really... So, did, so did Anne. It was Anne told... It was Anne yesterday yeah. it was told by the fire brigade the house should be condemned. She shouldn't be living yeah. in it. No, like I mean, and they could be like, dead in their bed from carbon monoxide poisoning. The, the chimney yeah. collapsed as well. 
Yeah, you know, like, and, and like it is very happen. frustrating, like, because, like, you know, you feel like, you know, you're going to, you're going there, you're, you're, you're making the phone call, right? It's logged. You get the email, yeah, it's logged. Then you're told, yeah, somebody is going to come out. The somebody comes out, and yeah, oh, I'm only just to take the photos, like, you know. And my mum was trying to explain to him, you know, look, I want to show. Yeah, yeah, like he had no interest. What no if she interest, stopped yeah. paying rent? But see, you sure need straight away if you stop paying your rent, you know, you're going to get the letter in the door and, you know, your rent hasn't been paid. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you get a letter straight away like that. But where is, like... And then you say where, to them, I'm not paying it. Say, I refuse to pay yeah. it because I'm living in horrific com- uh, circumstances. You're my landlord. What would happen then? Yeah. Exactly. You know what? Like what? What would happen then? Like, like what system have they in place? You know. No, I'm saying if, if she put the rent aside, right? Didn't spend it, but just put it aside and kept it like a little manage and saying, I am now withholding the rent. I'm keeping it. It's in my bank account. It'll grow there, and I'll pay it to you when you come up and do the work that you're supposed to do because you are my landlord. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, do people have to come to, you know, their local radio station and, you know, like, for for people to advocate for them, go to their local, on their behalf, go to the local councillors, their TDs, you know, for people, like, for... For, for them to actually listen. Like, the, it'd be just interesting to know what see, system have they in place for the system that's maintenance? The si- but the system have that's in place... Is contractors? That, yes, <laughs> but they obviously don't have enough of them. Yeah, you know, so... Or they have like, too few to select from. I mean, it, you know, maybe I'm told that it could be just one or two or three in the city, for instance... Whereas if they had lots of people on call, they'd get an awful lot more work done. They might even have the money for it, but the contractors that they have might be flat out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like that, I suppose that goes then as well with the with the housing crisis, like, you no know, letting letting places out and stuff like that as well. I suppose you're back to that situation. Voids, then yeah, once they're just well. locked up. And Do you know, it's, it's, all, it's all kind of, kind of linked, kind, you know, the same... It's like one circle going around and around because I know, like that, for instance, my sister's on the HAP as well. And like that, her, you know, the landlord has the responsibility to do all these works. If they're not done, there's a report gone in. Like, her doctor actually said to her a few weeks ago, I, I should actually be paying you rent here for coming in with the kids so much. Like that, with all mould and damp situations and things like that as well. Because it will make you sick. And small lungs, yeah, small children have very, very, very... Um, you know, susceptible lungs because they haven't developed yet and with mould and green mould and stuff like that it can make you very sick. Yeah, of course, of course. And like, it's like, like it is very, you know, upsetting and frustrating. Like it's, like, it's even like at this stage, it's even embarrassing for my own, my own mother because like that, we have a wedding coming up in the in the summer and there is going to be a photographer coming to the house, you know. And Oh no, really? And, and, I'd say she'd be, uh, yeah, she'd be slow we, to allow anybody to visit, come visit, I'd say. Yeah, and like me, my mum shouldn't feel like that in, in her own home. You know, she shouldn't be embarrassed, you know, because like this isn't, this isn't her. How old is the house? How old is the house? Um, Jesus, uh, I couldn't tell you, Neil. I actually couldn't tell you how old the, the house is. They're just wondering about know. the quality of the build, you know, what kind of value did the council get when they bought those houses or had them built on their behalf? Because no home, regardless of how old it is, if it was built properly, this would not be happening. Yeah. 
So shoddy so, enough, I'd say, with regards to the insulation or the work done or whatever was put yeah. into the material. No, I have I have a picture of 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 the of the you no know, the the front of the house, you know, with the shed going on. As I I know, and, to, and yeah. I understand yeah. that. And do you know something? I can I can send ticket uh, photographs off to city council and all sorts of things, but. Because of GDPR, it's, a, it's it's very effective in one way. They won't give mm-hmm. me any information about your mom's scenario, or the situation. Yeah, because, yeah. But, but, but at the same time, the more people that talk about it, right, and and the more yeah. you hassle your local councillors, the better things will get. They can only get better, you know. Um, I I'd certainly have no, have no problem sending pictures onto City Hall and saying, what the hell is this? You're tenants of this woman. What are you doing about it? It might yeah, make a difference, yeah. you know. Like you've seen me, there's plenty okay. of people like in all like we take between between damp mold, all this like small things waiting to be done, like windows and things like that. People inundated with rats. Like there's like how many people have to go on the echo, like you know, to show their their conditions as well that they were living in. Like Shocking. there's like there's 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 thousands out there, south side, north side, like you know. Uh, like I, I don't know. Like really, like there should be like it's a, very a bad. System, it really is. It really a is. System in place. Like you know, something really should be should be done. Okay. You know. Okay. Thanks for advocating on behalf of your mother. Let's let's see no if problem. sending on the photographs to make any difference. Thanks, Jess. Um, appreciate the call. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on oh eight one eight. Uh, 104, 106. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll come back to this in a few minutes' time. I just see... Do you remember I was talking there about somebody got a gift at Christmas time? It's lovely, isn't it, when um, a husband and wife or a mother and father get their children grow up a bit and they start getting them really great presents and something really nice to look forward to. It could be a weekend away. It could be, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and it happens usually at Christmas time. This is the story behind this where uh, somebody, a couple, got a gift from their children at Christmas time. Tricia, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I I don't want to know the name of the company that you got the uh, gift from, right? Because I haven't had an opportunity to talk to them, but I certainly will talk to them. But your understanding was when the kids gave you the gift for yourself and your husband, it was in a treehouse, was it? Yeah, it was treehouse number two was on the receipt. And it was in our Christmas card. So we were all excited. We were delighted. And this went on for a few weeks. We were going the 24th, the 25th, and coming home on the 26th of February. And I have the booking here, actually. It's the confirmation receipt by email that says, number of nights, two, accommodation, treehouse number two, number of yeah. people, two, and the rate per night, €189. Euro. Okay. Yeah. So you're looking forward to that, and off you go, up the country. How'd you get on? Portland all the way up, and we had to follow a map. They sent my, my daughter an email to give to us to give us directions because when you go in there you can't speak to anybody you follow their directions that they give you so we followed it and it brought us down by courtyard one cottage one so I said no this must be wrong I said the treehouse must be behind this or something so I rang my daughter and she said no ma'am you're not in a cottage or in a treehouse so I said okay so I ring the man and said to him and I rang him and he just told me then that this is what your daughter ordered. I said, no, I have the receipt. She ordered a treehouse. Yeah. We didn't come up to stay in a cottage. We came up for the experience of a treehouse. So he said, oh, no, he said, this is what she ordered. I said, but the receipt says treehouse. So he said that was their error. Whose error? The company's error. Right. Yeah, okay. That was their error of a misprint. And I said, oh, for God's sake, if we knew that, we wouldn't have come in at all. I said, it was just the experience of a treehouse. 
So if that was his misprint and knew that that was his misprint, he should have tried to sort out something. But we said, we're away. We'll be happy. We'll go and stay in the cottage. Leave it off. So we went into the cottage. Is it a wooden we, Is it a wooden cottage? Does it resemble no, the treehouse without the stilts, no? No, it's an old stone cottage, a small little old stone cottage. Beautiful little cottage, all done up, lovely. We went in, we spent the night there and I woke the next morning, we were freezing. So I said, look, I'm not spending another night here. I'd rather be in a hotel room or something. So we rang him again and told him that we'd be leaving. We were very cold and whatever. And they said, okay, there was nothing they could do. So we went away and lost out in the second night away. And we were back home Saturday morning for 12 o'clock. Looks like a lovely place, though. It is in it is in what yeah. looks like nestled in the woods and there's pine trees all around you. And I see yeah. a photograph here of treehouse number two and it is on stilts. It's magnificent looking. And yeah. there's a gorgeous little walkway up to it and then you've got the steps right up into the treehouse. And inside, very beautiful, very exciting, gorgeous, really luxurious treehouse inside in it. I mean, like it's it's really terrific, and I think what were they saying in the in the ad here? It says, um, "Ascend the tree trunks that act as steps and enter the treehouse up in the trees." Uh, kitchen, oven, hob, fridge, sink, microwave, bathroom. It says there's a private hot tub and all sorts of things there. Yeah, and, and then you go through the French doors and you're out onto a large deck looking out over the beautiful countryside. Yeah, and we you got your own private two-person Canadian hot tub. Did you get that? We got a hot tub up on a little rooftop, but it wasn't covered in. I mean, we're in February. It's freezing cold. We're not spring chickens. We couldn't go out in the cold to get into a hot tub to get back out in the cold. There was nothing covering us in. But the photographs we've seen on the treehouse, the hot tub looked covered in. And we were all excited to go and do this and do that. And The hot tub is covered in in the treehouse. It is. Yeah, but yeah. It's a roof on it. It's gorgeous, like it's so luxurious. Yeah. But I have to tell you, that was that's your booking. I, I have the, I have the confirmation for the booking for uh, Patricia and Patrick. It has the date of arrival, date of departure, number of nights, where you're staying, treehouse number two. Yeah, I mean, like, how could they? Ma- I, I mean, we're on to them. We're we're talking to the moment, um, but they say that they 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 would not comment, be commenting, or engaging in conversation. Um, as they're being uh, put on trial, they said. But I wouldn't mind even if they said... I don't know what they mean by that. Like, I don't, I don't want to give them any grief. I just wanted to make it right for you. Have they, yeah. been, have they been back on to your daughter? No, my daughter got on to them and when we came home and said it to them and they just said, look, there's nothing we can do. You ordered cottage, number one, not a treehouse. And but he said... The print and the receipt is his mistake, not ours. But then they give you a refund if they made a mistake. Yeah. So we, we spoke to them um, and they said that they would not be commenting or engaging in conversation as they're being put on trial. They've been in contact with your daughter and the couple and they have been advised by email regarding the refund of the night that they didn't stay. They won't comment on why they ended up in a cottage and not in a treehouse. Um, just talk to me about the. They said they advised you by email regarding the refund of the night they didn't say. What did they say? But say about that. I didn't get any email, and needed my daughter. My daughter only got an email to give us directions to go to where we were going, and she did ring them last week herself or two weeks ago, just to ask them 
would they put petals on the bed and whatever, the way it looked on the book. And they said, oh, yeah, that's all there. And he said, you'll be getting an email Monday. And she got the email. And that email was to tell us where to go. But on the email, it did say courtyard cottage one. And it's done by the house and blah, blah, blah. And we went down. We were saying the tree house must be here somewhere. Oh, wait a second. You got a subsequent email to the booking saying cottage one. Um, it wasn't an email, it was more, yeah, it was an email, but it was directions of where to go. So it brought us to cottage number one. But that isn't what we booked. Like you, you, you didn't get what you paid for. You didn't get no. what was confirmed to you by email. Simple as that. No. I mean, you could say that about anything that you would buy. You know, you could say that about, you know, ordering food in a restaurant, getting the wrong food. You know, ordering, say, for instance, uh, to... To, to fly to one airport and ending up in another. It could be yeah. booking into um, a hotel and asking for, uh, you know, uh, a big room with a view and ending up looking down on a car park, but paying for the room with a view. Do you know what I mean? It could be any of those things. Yeah. yeah. So, where does that leave us, like? Nowhere. Um... Well, I think I think at this stage we might give them a few hours to reconsider. I mean, I'm slow to name the, the company, but I certainly will be yeah. if that's the kind of response they're going to give, that they refuse to comment or engage in conversation as they're being put on trial. They made a mistake. They haven't fixed it. They haven't given you any satisfaction with regards to, you know, what you booked. This was a very important Christmas present that you got. And they, yeah. and they by yeah. their own admission, have made a hames of it because of their own mistake. And I have to say that that's, that's a very rude response to a genuine, genuine inquiry on our behalf. I mean, it yeah. says more about the company than anything else, really. So let's give them a little time to see if they actually come back with a decent response, shall we? Yeah, no problem. Okay, all right, Tricia, thanks for that. Thanks okay. for that. Okay, thanks very much. There you go, boys. Um, I have the email in front of me here. I don't want to be repeating myself and over and over again. Important, please confirm receipt of this email. I've now confirmed your booking, blah, 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 blah. Two nights, three house number two. I don't know. I don't know why somebody would respond like that. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Interesting. Cork's Red text. FM. Interesting text. Please re- rename your show the Corpo Tenants Complaint Show. Uh, that's interesting. <laughs> I've had to pay 2,000 euro for remedial work on my water supply. Another 1,500 euro to repair a chimney. Homeowners get on with it where Corpo tenants piss and moan on the radio constantly. That's incredible. I mean, you know, that's incredible because you own your own property. So you have nobody to turn to because you are the owner of the property. Cork City Council own all of the properties that they then rent out to tenants. If you were a private renter, for instance, in the private rental market and you were living in the conditions that some people are living in public authority housing, what would you do about it? Would you not be onto your landlord? You'd be a rental property and you'd be paying the rent to a private landlord and you would do all of the work yourself on the landlord's behalf? Come on, think about that. You know, talking about, um, you know, living in council housing estates, I've edited this by virtue of the fact that I don't want to identify the actual estate nor the area. Um, But let us just say that it's a Cork County Council housing estate uh, that is now under city jurisdiction and city responsibility. You have to wonder, why do council tolerate this kind of time? And indeed, when I read this for you also... Why do the Gardaí have to spend so much of their valuable time um, visiting and visiting and visiting, um, you know, tenants who are in 
Cork County Council or Cork City Council housing that should just be evicted. I mentioned that because it came into me earlier, the back end of last week. I'm ready to complain to you about the antisocial behaviour that's going on in our estate. People are living in fear. Everyone is on tender hooks constantly here. There are a select few that are running the park and it's just getting worse. To my knowledge, if you are creating antisocial behaviour, the council do not accept this. It's in all of the rule books that they love to refer you to if you ring them with a problem. The guards know who these people are. I don't know what they have uh, ever been. They, I don't know what hold they have over the guards, but they get away with everything. Is it that everyone's afraid of them, including the guard? They use their age, you see, some of them as an excuse not to deal with them. A lot of the time, they're minors. Some of them do have kids. Them poor kids reared around violence and drugs all the time. So it's just the circle going around and around. Why do all neighbours have to live like this? Are we not entitled to live in peace, taking care of our own kids and our property and try and have some sort of normality? Let's begin with one of the cat killers, as you may or may not know. Uh, they put a, They put a cat in a child's cooker and set it alight and sat watching and laughing as the cat burned to death. They got away with that, incidentally. Surprise, surprise. At the moment, it's just a loose cannon. Apparently, one of them carries knives all over his body and is constantly off his head. You can ring the guards to prove the point of how many times they've been to one particular house in the past year attacking people. Uh, How has this antisocial behaviour not been enough for him to be evicted by the council? Uh, Where he lives, there are very old people. Could you imagine what it must be like for them? Terrifying. But he uses underage and the guards say there's nothing we can do. I say evict them. He should not be allowed around children. Someone's going to die. The age is just used, something they use to their advantage. This character is just pure evil. Sometimes it's not the way they're raised or what they're taking. Sometimes they're just born bad people. Then you have another individual. Where do you start with him? He's the other cat killer. Walks around the estate sneering and laughing at everyone, intimidating everyone he knows. Because he knows he's protected. Uh, He walks around with a dog um, on the dangerous dogs list, incidentally. No muzzle on the dog. He just keeps that in his hand in case he's spotted. Himself and another guy are training the dogs to kill. Uh, they're hunting at night, killing foxes. The foxes have been coming through our area since the houses were ever built. And here comes these two, torturing and killing them. You can hear the screams from the foxes echoing around the estates at night time. God knows when a child or some pet is attacked, because I can guarantee it's coming to that. And what will happen? Tormenting people in their own homes. Um, and that was a lovely night there recently. Blaring cars, doing 360s with handbrake turns and then walking around, then drinking all day long. Why aren't they evicted? Why? Um, Hash wafting around the housing estate. I mean, just step outside your front door and you're going to get the smell of it. How do we protect our kids from that? Uh, Another girl sitting inside in her friend's car all day smoking drugs, and a young child inside in the car with them. When I say smoking all day, I mean it. And the child is 100% inhaling the smoke, and they think it's funny that the child is going down the same road as them. Why is this allowed? Why are the useless Tusla allowing this? Uh, Why are they not uh, with a loving, caring family? Another openly dealing drugs from the house all day long. Only recently, a car full of people, I won't mention their background, a car full of people were beating her door down looking for drug money she owed them. When she's not in the car taking drugs, she's standing at the gate just fighting with neighbours. I don't think there are many people that even speak to these individuals because they're nothing but trouble. 
Again, ask the guards, how many times have they been to these houses and ask why the council let them get away with it again and again, regardless of the trouble they are causing. The evidence is there. Ask the guards how many times they've come in, come out, how many complaints they've had, even though most people don't bother anymore because nothing's done. Why are the residents who pay their rent, mind their business, raise their kids well, why do we have to put up with living amongst these people? Evict them. If we caused trouble and didn't pay rent, we'd be told we'd be evicted. Uh, we are living in houses that have fallen apart, paying rent to live in this kind of crap. Why are they allowed to drag their kids up, um, not ever to have it worked a day in their lives, to torment the innocent people who live here? This needs to be looked into immediately. Something needs to be done for someone is killed. Is causing anxiety and worry for residents and the children in our park. Why does no one help us? Sending this letter as well to Tusla, the guards and the local council. Maybe the neighbours can start coming together to stand up to these people, uh, get them out of our park so we can hopefully live our lives in peace. Maybe others might write in if you read this and talk about their experiences and incidents so we can highlight the scumbags and bring our estate back. Please don't give out my own details. Keep me anonymous for my own personal safety. And that's a fairly lengthy handwritten letter. And it's shocking. Uh, I wonder how much of that is going on. We'll pick it up again after 11. Back after that. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Okay, with 300 euro cash to give away every day this week courtesy of Brinks Box and at the end of the week for a business a Brinks Box itself a monthly subscription to the Brinks Box free for six months It comes with an app, right? And then you have the Brinks Box It's like a real modern up-to-date digitally secured safe if you like the Brinks box going into your office and you lodge all of your cash inside it and uh, obviously you punch in the amounts of cash that you're lodging into your own Brinks box and and bizarrely miraculously that amount is lodged into your account the next day they then physically come and collect the physical cash when the Brinks box is full and your cash is managed safely there's no need for businesses to go to the bank and it's all done very safely and securely securely by Brinks so we've got that to give away itself on Friday uh, but between now and then 300 euro cash every day so I need you to nominate the business that you would like to get the Brinks box fitted to um, and by doing so though then if you're lucky enough you get on the air and you could win 300 euro cash how that works is um, I've got the 300 euro cash securely stored in my own Brinks box waiting for you to win so nominate the local court business that you'd like to win the Brinks box And if I bring you on air, I will give you three digits of a four-digit code. You then have three chances to guess the final digit and open the safe and win the 300 euro cash. So it's very straightforward, courtesy of ourselves and brings box. We'll do that around about a quarter to midday. But nominate now by text the business that you would like to win the brings box for. So text 086-8104-106 on that one. With regards to council housing, there's some interesting comments from you guys who said... Just for your information, to homeowners who say all of us council tenants do is complain. My own house has many issues, but we were not allowed to carry out our own repairs. If we were, I can guarantee you that the tenants would arrange it themselves if they were allowed. Also, for anyone who thinks we get free houses, my rent is actually more than my brother's mortgage. So please keep your snobby remarks 
to yourself. And then a lot of texts regarding the letter that I read out about the anti, we, we call things anti-social behavior, but it doesn't do justice to what some people have to live with when you have one or two families or a few who are just absolutely ruining it for everybody else. And the question always being asked is, why aren't they just evicted? Judges are slow, though, particularly when there are children in the home, to evict families, regardless of their behaviour. Other people asking me to identify the area, which I'm not going to do, not at this stage anyway, uh, because I don't want to be... You do that and you could make it even worse for the people living in it. But I'm just giving an example of how awful it can be sometimes when you've got neighbours from hell. When the council were allowed to get rid of all the tradesmen that they employed, they washed their hands of their tenants' problems. This problem wasn't there to the extent it is now when they were council tradesmen employed by the council directly. Thank you for those. Um, if anybody is in the trades or working on behalf of the council, I'd love to get your thoughts. And I will never give out personal information to anybody. And I will never identify anybody that shares stories with me. But perhaps you might be able to explain if you're working uh, or contracted or doing the work on behalf of them as to why it is so bad. Uh, do text 0868104106 and as I say I will never give away personal information there's lots of texts on different topics but I'm conscious of phones can I just go back to a topic from yesterday because I'm keen to talk to Clayton Clayton good morning good morning Neil how are you now um, there was a, a te- well, yesterday we'd been talking about issues regarding um, discrimination within Bosseran um, and you wanted to you wanted to pick up on that right yeah yeah okay and does it involve a family member no, it involves myself, actually. Okay, go ahead. Um, there was one specific story that kind of, uh, I guess, sparked this, um, I don't know, me, t- or at least my mother texting in, which I told her, um, where I got denied the bus um, on Friday, not once. Your mum said, my son travelled to Cork for college on a travel pass because he has a disability pass. You're okay with me sharing this, are you? Yeah, 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 that's okay. He's not got home some nights until... 10 or even midnight because drivers decide they only want pre-booked or paid tickets and would commonly turn him away even if the bus was not full. Sometimes he's even denied multiple times on the same day. Can you imagine how hard it is for me to believe that? Oh yeah. (laughs) I find it hard to believe myself some days as well. So give us some examples of the worst episodes. The worst episode I've ever had would have been before New Year's, I think around October, where I had gotten to the bus station at like 4.40 to go into, back it through the the Waterford bus back to home. And I got denied that bus. I waited until 5.40, got denied that bus. Uh, Got 6.40, got denied that one. 7.40, got denied that one. 8.40, got denied that one. And finally got on the last bus of the evening at 11 o'clock into into my hometown. Did um, you stand at a bus stop from four in the afternoon till 11 o'clock at night? I stood at the bus stop from, four in the, uh, from 20 to four in the afternoon to 20 to nine and then went uh, or called a friend because I could be staying out in the cold at the bus station. Um, so I kind of just went with them for a while and then came back at 11 to get that last bus. Yeah, but you were denied a four, three or four. How many buses in the course of that period of time? Five. Five. So you would go back for it every hour just as it was arriving, be denied, go away, come back again, be denied, go away and come back over and over and over again. Oh, no, I waited for those ones. I waited for the first five and then left at the oh, 29. Oh, okay. I mean, that's... And th- this would be the Waterford bus stopping at y'all to go to Cork and vice versa, is it? 
Yes. All right. And what reasons will be given? Uh, reasons will be given would be, oh, we're only taking uh, prepaid tickets or uh, we can't take you because people have stuff booked further down the line. Uh, or they'd say the machine here is broken, you're going to have to go inside and get a ticket, which doesn't work with the free travel pass in the Cork bus station, to my knowledge. So these these refusals, were they at um, Parnell Place? Yes. That's it, that's it. And, but the buses wouldn't be full? No. And, like, would this happen often? I mean, that was was that one, was that one particularly bad day, or was there... Other ones that as was, bad. That was one particularly bad day. Um, I must say that hasn't happened to that extent in a while, but I have been denied one or two buses in a row uh, fairly recently. I think the last case I had was, was it last Friday, where I got denied two buses in a row before getting on at 11. Do you ever say anything to them? Like, uh, you know, I mean, would you have said to the bus that you got on that I've been trying to get on a bus with my pass since four o'clock this afternoon? It is now 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, um, but they they say that's not my problem. Uh, prepaid tickets only, or cash tickets only. So they can tell how busy the bus is going to be in advance, knowing that if you got on, you'd be taking the seat from somebody who had already prepaid. Is it? I what I what I what I'd like to think that's the case. I commonly see people, or at least hear people, and I get this from my college mates a lot, who book their tickets as the bus driver calls out prepaid or online book tickets only. Um, and then they jump in the priority line and they get on no problem. You can't do that. You can actually do that because prior, this is the response from um, the Bus Air and Press Office when we contacted them on your behalf and others who've been through all of this. Priority, priority boarding is available on Bus Errands Expressway services for those who book ahead. We know that. Priority boarding exists on many commercial coach services and on airlines. We know that. Expressway is a commercial service. We receive no state subvention. The €2 euro booking fee is, as far as we're aware, the lowest fee in the coach market. Indeed, some operators do not accept free travel passes. Priority boarding does not mean people with free travel passes board last. It simply means all customers book in advance, whether a travel pass or not, and they board first. The point being, I suppose what they're saying is that there, there is a €2 euro booking fee that you should be booking, paying the €2, euro, even with your pass, to get a priority or a reserved seat. Do you follow me? Yeah, I follow you. Yeah. But we were never made aware of that. There was no... Um, I don't think uh, I knew about that up until yesterday where the gentleman on the phone um, who contacted me uh, mentioned it. And I didn't know about it prior before that. So it's not advertised very well at all. So in all the buses that you were refused boarding to, nobody said to you, you can fix no, this nobody. by booking. You, you, you always thought, say, for instance, that because you had a disability pass that you couldn't book. Yeah. You're not the first who didn't know about that. No, definitely not. Yeah. So is that something you're going to be doing in the future? Oh, absolutely. Do you, do you think that though, that maybe people who have a pass should have a pass, that there shouldn't even be a two euro? Yeah, to be completely fair, no, I do agree with that. I do agree that if you have the pass, you have it for a reason and that you shouldn't need to go through all the hassle of going online or whatever it is to book a ticket. They should just allow you to go on, especially if the bus isn't full like it has been multiple occasions where I've been denied, you know? Yeah, it wasn't full, but they still wouldn't let you on. Exactly. Okay. So are you going to use that two euro booking fee in future so you're not left on the side of the road or down in Parnell Place for six or seven hours? 
Yeah, I definitely will be, especially on the busier days where I finish college closer to like uh, work uh, closing hours, rush hour. Yeah. However, there are others like you in the sense that they also have a travel pass, but they are not online savvy and wouldn't be able to process it. What are they going to have to do? You know, the original email that we had was that an awful lot of people wouldn't be able to book online. True. I guess not. It's another example of, of maybe bus Aaron not realising that there is an amount of people out there who are not using smartphones and don't have online accounts. Yeah. No, there was actually one case where I was with, a, with an elderly woman and she was behind me in the line. I was talking away with her because she wasn't sure what, which bus she was actually meant to get on. And she saw that I had to pass and she was questioning how she was meant to use it. She had no clue how to use it despite the fact she'd had it for six years. And nobody <laughs> told her that she could book online or use it on the bus uh, in the particular manner well, that it's actually meant to be Well, certainly, this exercise yesterday and indeed today will make people aware that they can um, be treated the same as everybody else. It'll cost them two euro to do it if they yeah. have a bus ticket or a bus pass, I should say. Um, the original email said a lot of people wouldn't be able to book online, so that's not going to be rectified. But the first one you missed was 20 to 3, and the, you eventually got home at 20 past midnight. Uh. 20 to 5, sorry. Uh, that's when that first bus uh, on the worst day was. The worst day was before New Year's. Denied five buses before finally at 11pm. The first bus was a 20 to 3. Bus before uh, was... Um, then there was all the other ones that you mentioned. Uh, I'm just following the, the, the text that you sent me or the, the narrative as to the first one was at 20 to 3 in the afternoon. You got home at 20 past midnight. That's insane. No, I think that was a mistake because I have right. written down here okay. 20 to 5. 20 so to 5. Okay. That's wrong. Okay. Okay, well, the two euro booking fee should fix that for you. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Right. Stay in touch and let's see if that improves it, yeah, and rectifies the problem. Yep, absolutely. I will be. Thank you very much for letting me Take know. Take care, about that. Clayton. Look after yourself. Uh, happy travelling, pal. Bye. Take care. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. Missed this one yesterday, but a big shout out. I know Neil doesn't do a lot of personal shout outs, but just wondering if you could congratulate my partner on the birth of our first child, Ellie. Orla is a huge fan of the show. Cheers, lads, and happy Monday. That was for yesterday. Well, it certainly was a happy day for yesterday. So there's a big shout out for you. Uh, well done, Orla, and welcome, little Ellie. Um, three houses are free in the Mahan area, two of them vacant for years. Uh, nothing seems to get done anytime quick when it comes to Cork City Council. Uh, a lot of people then talking about uh, people who should hold back rent, put it aside, tell them when the work is done, the rent is there waiting for them. We had issues with our council house, and we did that till they did the work, and our houses were only just recently built. We were the first occupiers now, so somebody has withheld rent in the past. Cork City Council must be the worst landlords in the country. I'll take a death, it'll take a death maybe, or a civil case to actually wake them up. Um, council just don't come. My mother's waiting in similar situations, same stories. We have pictures of my mother's issues with water pouring down the walls, mould in the electricity box by the front door. Nobody seems to care. There are other types of leaks, and of course one of them was the HSE leak. So already this morning we've been talking about different types of uh, scams that are online. Uh, then I got a text in with regards to a credit union scam that's doing the rounds. 
Another one, I got calls about Amazon packages that I never offered, never ordered. My friend receives ones about Bitcoin. How do they have our information? In my own case, the texter says my information was leaked by the HSE. Then I got a call from a number a couple of weeks ago saying that they had missed a call from me. So clearly hackers have Irish numbers now from the leaked HSE information and they're using them as a cover to make it look like the call is coming from within Ireland when in fact they could be anywhere in the world. Keep those coming, text 0868104106. I have um, one more opportunity now for people to get in touch by text or email with regards to solo travelling overseas for those of you that just decided to go for it on your own. We have a wonderful prize tied into this from Spitjack which is dinner for two with wine. So today's the last day you can bang off your email. If you did a bit of solo travelling, share it today and you're in with the chance of winning that prize. Email neil at redfm.ie. But talking about travelling, other types of travelling, and this is to do with maybe weekends away and what have you. Isabella, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Oh, in fairness to you, I have your text here in front of me, so it's almost much better. It's always better to chat. So this was, um, this text started with Big Rip Off Ireland. Explain. Yes, um, I remember about uh, 10 to 12 years ago, I used to travel a lot in Ireland. I'm living here almost 20 years. And most of my weekends, I would just go somewhere like Dingle or, you know, travel West Cork and stay in the hotels. And it was like very affordable at the time. At the moment, it just became so crazy expensive to even go away for the weekend in Ireland. And I mean, we're not talking about any fancy hotels. I remember when I was supposed to pick up my mom from the airport in Dublin, and I said, okay, I'm going to stay in a hotel overnight to pick her up in the morning. It cost me over 250 euro. 250 for one of the hotels near Dublin Airport. 250. Exactly, yes. And it included the the stay overnight, the breakfast, and I still had to pay extra for the parking overnight. You did say that included breakfast. You would want it for 250 euro. Well, I had to pay extra. So let's say everything together was almost like 250 euro okay. for the night. Okay. Because yeah. last year I, I had cause to have to use one of those hotels as well, not too far from Dublin Airport. And the room, there was no breakfast or nothing and the parking was yeah. extra. But yeah. the room, bog standard small room at a hotel exactly. near the airport where they pick you up by a shuttle yeah. was 240 euro. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that an awful lot of money? It's like we're not even getting a service nice, you know, for that price. Because I could understand, okay, if I'm spending the money, at least I have something extra included in that price. It's just getting a little bit more ridiculous at the moment. And like last year, for example, I went to Limerick um, for the concert. And I wanted to stay nearby so I can actually walk from the hotel to the concert in Castle. And it cost me almost 300 euro for the night, including the breakfast and the parking. It's insane, um, isn't it? I mean, that's, it's, that's, it's that's, that's a weekend with flights in a hotel overseas. Oh, absolutely. And I said, next time I would rather go abroad, fly for like 40 or 50 or somewhere with Ryan there. Yeah. And get hotels somewhere, you know, for the weekend. And at least I would be in a completely different place. I suppose to nice some place. extent, yeah. And maybe guaranteed a bit of, well, certainly a change of scenery. And maybe a bit, a bit, of, of, fun. A bit yeah. of sun. And there were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe to some extent you're kind of caught in a trap with the hotels around Dublin Airport. They know that you need them because you need to be close. They know you're up there yeah. maybe to catch a flight or something early in the morning, so they can charge yeah. whatever they want. 
Yeah, I think they're just putting prices up for no reason. You know, I really don't understand that. Um, I remember I was looking for some um, hotel in Wicklow recently, and it was exactly the same story. So it's like all the prices went up. Like before you had the options to go maybe between like 70 or 200, maybe 20 for the night. And now everything is almost starting from 180 up. And 10 years ago, by comparison to the fact that it was 10 years ago, yeah. you, you really didn't kind of think twice about room rates or hotel no, prices. No, and, and also like back then my salary was almost double what it is now. <laughs> so you're a lot more you conscious, know, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in Tiger years you were making a good money and you were able to afford to go on the weekend away in Ireland. At the moment I Friday. think it's just starting to be a little bit more ridiculous. And you know, and then they want to keep people traveling in Ireland, they want to keep them in, right? But it's just starting to be so difficult that I'd rather stay home. It's all about profits. They, they report, yeah. Delata, who own quite a number of hotels, reporting fairly record profits again this morning. Here's another one, actually. Um, I'm flying into Dublin on Friday, then hiring a car and driving down to Cork. I was going to stay in Dublin a night or two, but the hotel near Houston wanted €730 Euro a night and breakfast was extra. The same place on St. Patrick's weekend is €2,890 a night. I'm just back from India, and for the entire trip, just over two weeks, I spent €340 on hotels in India for a fortnight. And the hotel industry wants to keep the 9% VAT rate. They're charging rip-off prices. Isn't that incredible? €730 for a hotel near Houston... And then the same place on the St. Patrick's weekend night is two hundred is 2,890. I mean, you'd think that this is a joke or made up, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I don't even know who can... Probably we're talking about the Americans who are coming to Ireland to visit because I don't think any local can actually afford and go anywhere. But do you think tourists... Do you not think tourists are shocked when they see these prices? Oh, they are. And I don't think that Ireland is being a choice for the travel in the recent years, because what you're getting in the price, like, you know, even if you'll be getting the standards in that price, let's say high, higher standard in, in the price that you're paying. But it's not even that, like the service and the standards of the hotel rooms and everything. It's not standard. Even, They're standard enough. Yeah. Lucy says, yeah. uh, I got two days in a Manchester hotel. It was 100 euro for the two nights and the flights were 120 for me and my boyfriend. I mean, there's value for you, like. Listen, when I go to, for I'm from Poland, right? When I go to Krakow, right, for the for a few days, and I stay in a very nice hotel in the city center, at one of the boutique hotels. So we're talking about the highest standards you can actually get, right? With the amazing hotel rooms and everything is equipped to the highest standard, and I'm paying about 140 euro for a night. And I'm talking about the top-notch hotel. That's top. You could get cheaper hotels than that. Oh, you could. But like, you know, I like... <laughs> so please tell me why yeah. Polish prices are like that. I hear Poland's got very dear, though. Did you hear that? Oh, it did. It did. Yes, yes. It's not as cheap anymore as you, as you would think. It's still kind of nice to go for a weekend. And you would definitely spend less money than here. Than here. For having a very nice standard hotels and a very good food and the service. So... Okay. I think it makes more sense if I have to spend exactly the same money here. I'd rather probably go somewhere else and get the better standard. And a change the of scenery into yeah. the bargain. And a change okay. of scenery, yes. Thanks, Isabella. Thank you so much. Jennifer says, uh, I was thinking of going to Dublin for two nights over the Easter. They were looking for €400. Euro. So instead, I booked return flights for two to Liverpool and a hotel for both of us. €350 euro all in. 
Is Elena talking about going to Dublin? You don't go anymore, no? Um, no, um, not for leisure or concert. We um, just like come here to me, Neil. Um, it's like another country, Dublin. Why do you say that? Because like the prices are completely different to like you know I'm Parkonian, um, so I'm pure Cork. But like I just feel like when you go to Dublin, it's completely different in price range. Like the last time I went to Dublin for leisure reasons um, was for Adele. God, that must have been like. 2016 or something. Right, okay. Before that was Ed Sheeran and before that was the script. Like, we have a perfectly amazing stadium in Cork. Like, I won't ever go to Cork, to Dublin again for concerts only for my annual hospital appointment because yeah. I have to yeah, in yeah, Dublin. Yeah. But like, I, I'd say we paid nearly 700 euro for Adele to stay in the Gibson across the road from the tree arena. For how many nights? One night. I stayed for one night and I had to get... In 2016, in 2016, it was 700. Yeah, yeah. Like, that wasn't... That was her... That was her... um, Her... Her concert for her previous tour, not her current. I understand. You're um, a big Adele fan. You wanted to go, but you divvied up 700 for one night in the hotel in 2016 because the Adele concert was on. Yeah. And I also had to consider wheelchair accessibility. So we had to obviously pay for a wheelchair accessible bedroom and we had to get car park space as well um, and dining at the Gibson is very expensive. So, to be honest, like, I just think Cork is perfectly perfect for, like, I went uh, Well, to, I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be giving the Cork <laughs> hotels uh, any kind of a, a big star, or I wouldn't be giving oh, them a, no, a straight A either. Stay, yeah, no, I don't stay in the Cork hotels. They're well able, they're well able to manipulate prices when there's a gig on yeah. side, believe me. Well, I, I only stay in Cork hotels for weddings, but when I go to a concert in Cork, I just go back home that night. You know, I don't need to go to a Cork hotel because I live in Cork. So um, you don't so go I'm to very, gigs in Dublin anymore because the hotel no, rates no, are so expensive. I, will, I would consider going to the INEC for a concert if I absolutely wanted to see someone like Dermot Kennedy or someone like that. Um, you'll be paying today, you'll be paying Killarney hotel prices, and they'd be frightening too. They're not too bad. Okay, I suppose I just love Killarney anyway. I feel like it's a lovely area, and I love the Lake Hotel. Um, oh, I love it! It's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. it's my favorite. Yeah. I've been there and in it's years. Perfectly accessible. Yeah, and yeah. the Hogwood yeah. family are beautiful, and they're so kind. But like, I haven't yet gone to a concert. In the INEC, but I would definitely consider it because Tell it's actually nearer. Yeah, well, soon we'll, sooner or later we'll have our own conference and convention and concert centre and you'll be able to do it I all on Lisa. Before that. I let you go, Alina, you're lovely. Thank you for taking my call. But just before you Thank go, you. how are you finding accessibility for people in wheelchairs across Cork? How are you finding it? Is it vastly improved it, or what? I, it's not great. It's actually, I feel like it's gotten worse in the last few years probably because of the pandemic and, you know, limited resources. 
But I feel like in town, you could go up onto a path and get off and not, and want to get off on the other side and you can't. And the place is very bockishy and trying to find wheelchair accessible parking is a disaster as well. And my dad has to always drop me off. Like he can't park in most places anymore. And buildings are not accessible. A lot of, um, as, as my parents would say, they're like older buildings, so they can't be touched or something. Um, so well, 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 like hang on a second. Like bank. The bank, yeah, go on. The AIB bank would be one of them. Um, I can't get in. Or, um, like, there is a small, like, kind of a makeshift ramp that you can go on. But if that's broken on a particular day, I can't get into the bank. So it can be a bit um, of a lottery as to whether the ramp is even there or not. Oh, yeah, 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 if it's working. Yeah, it's one of those things you drive onto it and you press the button and it goes up. And if that doesn't work... And you've done that, that sometimes day, and it's not move. working. Yeah, yeah. So why yeah, why don't they just have an old-fashioned steel ramp? Would it always be working? Um. Well... I've got a motorized wheelchair and I'm wondering would it snap like a piece of licorice if it was um, one of those ones that you put away again unless it's a very permanent ramp that wouldn't break. But yeah, that would be a good idea. The parking is, a, is an issue. Is it, the, is it that it's there aren't disaster. enough spaces or is it able-bodied people t- taking them? Um, it's definitely non-disabled people, yeah. And also, there's not enough. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd imagine it's because of the outdoor dining the last few years. And, you know, there's this idea for green spaces and the, oh, the bicycle lanes and all those things have had an impact, cumulative impact on people with disabilities. Um, definitely, the city needs to include everyone. And I do find it's becoming more difficult. I have to plan my route. But from a retail perspective, if you want to do a bit of shopping in the city, can you get in and out of all of the shops? Um, I can with most. There's a few boutiques on um, on Oliver Plunkett Street I wouldn't be able to access because they're old buildings. Um, but most of them, yeah, like I suppose um, in terms of accessing a product if it's high up I can't reach it what do you do then I ask for assistance or if I wish a friend they get it down for me or even in the grocery store you know it's a struggle yeah yeah Um, so if you're doing if you're doing a bit of shopping you'd ask another shopper to pass something down to you pretty much pretty much yeah and so you should and so you should oh absolutely yeah until then until it is made more accessible I'll, I'll have to keep asking for assistance yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and, and in the suburbs then in the shopping centres you know your, your Mahan Points and your Bishopstowns yeah. and your Douglas and everything do, do, do you find that people in their own cars are taking the disability spots um, have you ever had to ask somebody yeah. to move or anything like that I suppose the odd time we have um, I guess most of the time we're lucky that maybe they're going away Anyway, um, but like, I think over the years, we've kind of asked less and less because we're, you know, you'd be fearful in case 
you get given out to. Um, <laughs> That's a which sad. is a fear. Um, so a lot of the time my parents drop me off somewhere and then they go find parking and they meet me afterwards. I know, know. I know, I know. It's a struggle, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I've got a big van. If those that know me well, um, those that know Elena Canty well, they know that I have a big van. It's a Ford Transit. So my wheelchair goes in the back and it's, it's a bloody massive car. Like, it's fabulous. <laughs> but um, you need the room. You, you do, know? yeah. And tell me, will you will you go to live at the marquee across the summer? I actually didn't pick any um, events yet. I would love to, though. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep an eye out. But I, I do find the marquee is quite accessible in terms of the, um, the accessible it's area. Certainly, that, everything's on the yeah. flat, and you can go like yeah. a, you can go like a rocket out of a you can go like a <laughs> rocket out of a cannon up there. No bother at all. It is good. Go the on. only thing I would say is that if it was made nearer to the stage, I would see it better. But um, yeah. in terms yeah. of access, I can get in kind of well. Yeah. What about Rod yeah. Stewart? You a fan of Rod Stewart? <laughs> <laughs> You're breaking up a little bit. Oh. What? <laughs> I do like one or two of his songs, but I never got tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, yeah, a, yeah, have yeah. a look. Have a look at the gigs in the marquee, will you? Get googling on that. And um, if there's a gig that you fancy, I should be able to get a couple of tickets for you, whatever it is. That'd be a nice little gift for oh, you. Oh, you legend! So Thank you. <laughs> go and have a look <laughs> at the lineup at the marquee, and let's see if we can snag a couple of tickets for you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank right. you. Take care, Elena. You're lovely. You too. Good Have luck. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. Okay, people have been uh, texting and nominating different businesses now for their Brinks box. So at this stage, uh, sound like somebody calling people to board a flight. I'm now inviting people to call on 0818-104-106 as well. Nominate the business that you would like to see get their hands on a Brinks box, install, a box installed in the business and they'll lodge all of the money inside in the, uh, in the Brinks box and as you're lodging it into your Brinks box it's being also lodged in your account the next day. They collect the cash physically when the box is full and then they bring the cash to the bank. It's fantastic, really smart tech if you like, lodging the cash directly to your bank. It's the insured smart safe if you like. So 300 euro cash every single day to give away as well. You come on the air, I have a four digit code, I'll give you the first three digits, you need to identify the fourth. If you get the fourth one wrong uh, i give you a second guess. If you get the second one wrong, i give you one final guess. And sooner or later, you should get it right. But if you don't, this is what you'll hear. And we move on then to the next caller until somebody gets the four-digit code correct. So, pick up the phone on that one now. 0818 That's just minutes away. Meanwhile, more examples of travelling or cost of everything in Ireland versus overseas. This is a trip to Manchester. Joe, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Was it a Man United match or a couple of them or whatever? It's a Man United match on the Sunday and a Salford match on the Saturday. Brilliant. Okay, so talk to me about the prices and everything. Uh, flights were under 19, 99 euro return. Uh, accommodation was 90 sterling, so a little bit over. We paid 70 for the match ticket and we paid 18, 19 sterling or euro for the Salford game. Wow, that, I mean, is, is that kind of like the price of a hotel room in Manchester? Um, we stayed in the Premier Inn in the, um, 
the print works and tuna room was yeah, yeah, just under fifty each a night. Yeah, so when you add it all up, that'd be flights, accommodation for two nights, two games, different matches. Was the whole total for both of you three hundred euro? No, there was five of us waiting, so we all paid about three hundred each. Okay, so what? So, but but so it was three hundred then. Three hundred. Yeah, so what? Yeah, for two the two nights, nights of, yeah, two match tickets from me. So you paid 300 if you like, then, for yeah. two matches, the flights, the accommodation, and everything included. Sure, like, yeah. y- 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 you, you probably wouldn't get a hotel in Cork. You certainly wouldn't get one in Dublin for a night for that kind of money. Well, another thing, we paid £8.60 sterling at the Manchester Airport for a pass for Saturday and Sunday. So we got the tram into the city centre. On Sunday, we got the tram out to the match, and we got the tram back, all covered. Yeah, you could have gone to Temple Bar if you were going to Dublin, for instance. I got people sent me photographs of the price of drinks in Temple Bar. It's a bit blurry, but a pint of Guinness is eight ninety five. Heineken is nine ninety five. So is Bulmers or Orchard Thieves a tenner, like spirits, yeah. everything. Every single shot of paddy or gin or vodka or Jameson is is nine fifty five. Like yeah. that's that's Dublin prices for you. Dublin prices. We are paying. Uh, we are paying four pound a pint. In crazy. the closer areas to the ground. Isn't it nuts, isn't it? It's crazy. It's just nuts. You'd think that they'd yeah. be scalping people at a Manchester United match, but they're not. No, it was, it was quite good to get there and, yeah, get to the game and then the Salford game on the Saturday just because we just spared there. Thanks for sharing, my man. Did you get Did did you get, did you get? get results, yeah? We did. United won. Who were they playing at that match? Leicester. All right. Three you kind of expect that, wouldn't you? You'd hope for us. We'd expect you'd hope for us. <laughs> All the best, man. All the best. Take Cheers, care. Dave. Cheers. Michelle. Good morning. Did you, um, just talking about solo travel, did you tell the kids you were going to Dunn's? <laughs> I told the kids I was going to Dunn's and I drove to Cork Airport instead. I just needed a break. It was this time last year, just the end of the pandemic. I needed a break. One night away from the kids. I was on to before I look after the newborns at night. So I just needed a full night's sleep. And I got a last minute flight to Malaga. And I got to Tormelinos for about 12 midday, spent the whole day by the pool, sunbathing, no Peppa Pig, no children around. It was bliss. And I went for dinner that evening in Tormelinos. And then my flight actually on the Saturday wasn't until Saturday night. So I had the whole day Saturday of sunbathing again. I might have had a few ciders by the pool, listening to the music, walked along the beach. And then I actually went shopping. There's a fantastic shopping hall called Plaza Mare. I went there on the way to the airport, got a few clothes, jewellery, flew back into Cork Airport refreshed and happy out all on my own couldn't be happier to be on my own ah but wait a second surely be to God whether it was on the plane to Malaga or lounging on the beach or sipping a cold one in Tormelinas you must have got the guilt yeah I brought back loads of toys (laughs) and I think they were wondering why I brought back so many toys like at Malaga airport I brought back loads of you know colouring books and souvenirs and stuff and (laughs) the twins were only four this time last year and and the little boy was five so they were very young so they just thought I went to Dunn's and got them all this stuff but they couldn't read this time last year so they couldn't read all the Malaga stuff but they not want I mean I know you said that you said I'm off to Dunn's and you flew to Malaga but you clearly had it (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you had an arranged with other adults. Like. Yes, of course. Yes, no, no, but of course my partner knew. And I, I was planning to go to Killarney because I said I just need one night of sleep away from everybody. Did he and know you weren't going to Killarney? Did he think you were going? <laughs> he knew I was going to Tormelinos. He didn't take any notice of me. I just thought I need the sun as well. You know, Killarney's, you know, not necessarily going to be sunny in April 2022. <laughs> big, big and I got yeah. very lucky with the weather. It was yeah, 25 degrees. Well, uh, they're not April. wondering how, listen, Mam's gone to Dunn's. So she hasn't come back. Like it's the next. They were too young. Like the, the two young. girls were four. Yeah, and the little boy was five. Yeah, they were too young. They live in the moment. They're still like that now. They. I might do it again this April. Actually, oh, was your they husband not moment. afraid you'd run away with a Spaniard like uh, six foot Adonis or anything? No, 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 no. no. He's a, a oh, fine no, no. farmer. So <laughs> no, I didn't run off. Listen, I didn't want to run off with anybody. I wanted to be on my own, and that's exactly what I did. It was bliss, and I highly recommend it. Do you really recommend it, yeah? Yeah, I mean, you have to get the flights right. You have to get down there in the morning and then get back the following evening late. So you get... I, I got everything done. I was tanning all day. I had my gluten-free pizza at night. I was shopping all day Saturday. Got loads of clothes, jewellery. Flew back to Cork Saturday night. What more do you want? Absolutely nothing. I mean, absolutely fantastic. I mean, this all started some time ago when we were talking about an article of two girls who did it in the UK, literally just dropped everything and they shared all of their journey overseas. Then I don't know where, I think they also, I think they went to Marbella, somewhere like that. Uh, I can't remember exactly. They might have gone to Tenerife or something and they had the most fantastic 24 hours and then came back again. To Manchester, you yeah, know? it's just brilliant. It sounds ridiculous going to Spain for one night, but it, it's doable if you get the flights right. Now the Canaries are too too far; the flights too long. But um, yeah, down to Malaga. And you came back hours. refreshed then and regenerated. I'm still buzzing from it. It's nearly a year ago. Yeah, it's just so exciting. It's just brilliant. It's just the sun as well. I love the sun. So to get 24, 25 degrees in the middle of April when it was probably raining here. I yeah, love it. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. These stories are <laughs> incredible. Well done. You do it again. You never know. All I right. think I will. Well, do let, me, do let me know if you do decide and let us know where you're heading. <laughs> next, time you, next time you say you're going to the English market just to get some chicken or something. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks very much. All the best, all the best. Diana Collin is in Drimmer League and wants to nominate the gala in town. Gala, morning to you, Diana. Hi, Neil. How are things? So what is the gala? Oh, like Gala Supermarket. As in the supermarket, the Gala in the town right. after um, you... Uh, are you working there? No, my son is working there. I don't know if you remember speaking to the former owner, Colm O'Sullivan, there. Um, he put up an ad on Facebook looking for staff about nearly two years ago now. And he made it very funny saying that he wanted the young people to come into the shop themselves and like not <laughs> in their manage. Don't send remember your that? Like, like, for the job. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if you remember, but he said, oh, there was one young fella from Germany came in to me and said that he'd cycle to work. And that was my son, and he got the job. I do there. remember. That was all, that was during the pandemic stuff, wasn't it? It was. I think it was kind of, I think that's when it was, yeah, yeah. Oh, so. great call. And uh, is he still working there inside in the gala, yeah? He is. He does work evenings okay. and weekends, yeah, when he's okay. on his school. Okay, all right. So here is the first three digits of the four-digit code. 300 euro cash, right? And on Friday, right. uh, you, if you're lucky, then Gala will be in the final to get a Brinks box installed in the Gala supermarket. So the okay. code that I have, the first three digits are 327. And you need to give what? me the last digit. I'll give you three guesses, so go for it. I'll try six. No. Okay. Eight. 
last opportunity to win it for your son and his part-time job? Three, uh, three, two, seven, what? Two. Oh, no. Damn it. All right. No I'm worries, so thanks. sorry because it's a great story. I know. Let's try uh, again tomorrow. Do, please do. Take care, Diana. Amanda is nominating Urban Retreat on Broderick Street in Middleton. Amanda, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. How are you? What do they do at Urban Retreat? They are hairdressers. Oh, lovely! I was going to say I was going to say something about nails and eyebrows and stuff like that. They probably do all that too. No, just hair. Okay. And are you a client? Uh, no, I'm actually Amy's sister. All right. So keeping it in the family, three hundred euro Absolutely. cash for you, and maybe a Brinks box for your sister. So three, two, seven, and you have three guesses on the third, on the fourth digit. Um, four. Second guess. Seven. Three two seven seven. Final guess. Um, one. Three two seven one. Is it? Yeah. You got it, girl. 300 euro cash. 3271 wins it for Urban Retreat, Broderick Street, Middleton. What's your sister's name? It's Amy and Sarah. Well, they are into the final for possibly getting a Brinks box on Friday. And 300 euro for you. Oh, fantastic, Neil. Thanks a million. Enjoy it, all right? Go share it with your sisters. Congratulations. (laughs) 300 euro cash. Take care. 300 euro. We'll do it again tomorrow and indeed the day after and right across the week. Courtesy of ourselves and Brinks Box. And then on Friday, the Brinks Box itself could well be won. And take away all of your woes with regards to storing cash in the business retail officer of the case, maybe. Either way, uh, we'll pick that up in the morning. Text 0868104106 for all of the business. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. That's it. My apologies to those who didn't get on the air this morning. We'll pick it up tomorrow. Natalie in Blackpool was nominating my goodness at the English market, so we'll give you a shot tomorrow. Actually, Sam's Gala in Drimmer League is actually the same gala that put up the sign. Remember the minimum pricing thing that was brought in during the... Actually, it all happened the course of the pandemic, and uh, he put an ad up in Sam's Gala saying, buy 24 plastic glasses for €30 euro and receive a credit note to the value of 47.34. It was a way of getting around the minimum pricing that was introduced. Kind of a sneaky way of doing it, but made everybody laugh at the time. Have a good day, guys. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.